Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your host, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. We have a, a lot of good sports stories to talk about today. We got, you know, a Canadian winning the uh, uh, the Canadian Open for the first time in 69 years. Nice! Which is a big win for Live Golf, I think. You know, Fuck, I think Liv, shut up. Liv really won this weekend. Uh, congratulations to them for merging, buying the P- PGA, and then also having such an exciting finish. Congratulations, Liv. Always good when the little guy gets one. Uh, isn't it? Isn't Nick that Taylor nice? too. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. That, yeah, I guess he won too. Uh, we got to talk about uh, game six of the Stanley Cup finals and a little bit of game five. But I also want to ask. four and five. I want to ask this question. You silly. I want to ask this question. Silly. And I think this is a question everybody wants answered. Is Baby Gronk the new Riz King? Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> n- we don't have to hit this now, but we're, co- we're diving into this. Gray hairs, making sounds every time I get in and out of the car, bad back. Nothing has made me feel older than seeing 1,041 Baby Gronk headlines. Mm-hmm. And not having the slightest clue who this fucking person is. But is he the new Riz King? And this is what you need to know. Oh. Like, what would even qualify you to be the next Riz King? Jesse, I have all the videos for you if you'd like them. That's okay. Uh, oh, it's okay? You don't need them? We, don't, mean, we don't need more baby Gronk. Oh, no. Five. We're firing up this video. Get listen, ready. Listen. Get ready. Is he dating Ice Spice? He is not dating Ice Spice. <laughs> She's relevant. Like, I know of her. I've heard her voice. So, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you're not on TikTok, Jesse, I just sent the video over. Please play. Who is please play this video. Uh, this is from a, uh, a TikTok account called Hoopify. Uh, and everybody, it's really not about the story. It's about the way this guy delivers the story. If you know what I'm saying. Sometimes when you have a uh, a, a story that is ridiculous, it, it's made better by somebody who's not great at delivering it. And this guy is... He's the guy that narrates the, is he the new Riz King? Oh, no. Okay, so here we go. Start us off, Jesse. Libby just convinced Baby Gronk to commit to LSU. Baby Gronk is the number one college football prospect in the country. He averages 300 yards and five touchdowns a game. On his visit to LSU, Libby rizzed him up. Livy even hugged Baby Gronk. He might be the new Riz Who's King. Livy? You think Baby Gronk will lead LSU to a national championship? And, that's it. and this guy gets hundreds of thousands of views, just in case you're working real hard on your TikTok account. Does he have to make like so, like videos under threat? So so here, like here. I'll just Do you think Baby Gronk will be the new Riz King? Riz King? Riz King? What? What? Oh. Still of his. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little more of a smile. A little more of a smile. <laughs> Do you think Baby Gronk will be the new Riz King? Leave a comment in. Please don't hear me. What's going on? She should be holding up a newspaper like, like I'm okay. Like, it's this date. I'm still alive. <laughs> like, what on earth? What on earth is going on? And also, how is the child? <laughs> Steve, do, do the open prospect. mouth one. Do the open mouth one. Can you do that? 
Open mouth higher, wider, wider, wider. I want to see some bottom teeth. Bottom teeth. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is happening? Um, so I got another video for you to play, Jesse. So um, I just texted it over to you. I know. And I who's like, Livy? We uh, well, still have it. So Livy is apparently a uh, an LSU gymnast yeah. that is extremely popular on TikTok because she can do crazy gymnast shit, okay. as one would expect, right? Yeah. You know, and so she's recruiting, I think, baby Gronk's like 10. Uh, and he's a kid. What is actually, this child's name? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's baby Gronk. Baby Gronk. And he is for sure averaging 300 yards a game and 500 or five touchdowns. See, that is like legit. Um, So uh, so this is an update on Livy and baby Gronk. So if Jesse, uh, when you play this bad boy, uh, you let us know when you're ready to go here. Because now because their relationship has progressed, you see. Okay. Livy and Baby, Baby Gronk. Gronk just stole Livy from the Drip King. On his visit to LSU, Baby Gronk rizzed up Livy and they started dating. They are so in love, Baby Gronk got Livy's name tattooed on his arm. Is Baby Gronk the new Drip King or is Livy just using him for clout? Yeah, but is this guy smarter than all of us? Is he smarter than us? He's way smarter than us. Is it, does he know, like, if I say these ridiculous words together, I'm going to get a lot of, of views I, on my TikTok account. Jesse, I think you're bang on. I think on. he's smarter than us. Bang on. This guy's smarter than us. Like he made, look, he made this fucking hockey podcast. Dude's way smarter than us. Yeah. We could have. We could have. This been, this adult in university is dating an actual child. <laughs> and is he the drip king? <laughs> what the f What? How old is Baby Gronk? How is this the way we're starting the show? Baby Gronk is 10. Yeah. Uh, Baby Gronk's dad is apparently a terror. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's J like bad things about Jake him. Jake San Miguel? Is yeah. His name? It's like, I feel like that's the most obvious thing about this whole situation is that his, his child works out all the time and is not allowed to have fun and all he does is eat, breathe, and dream football. And that's because his dad is an absolute terror. This whole thing is like watching the first episode of a 23-season show in season 23. You guys are just beginning conversations like I'm supposed to know who all these people are and I have no idea who any of them are. Um, reports suggest 10-year-old Baby Gronk earns approximately six digits annually through endorsements. Uh, Endorsement? Is, yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, Baby Gronk doesn't earn anything. His parents are earning it. Yes. I just hope they, they put it in a trust for him. Yeah. And I don't know if, I think we we got a, like a LeVar Ball situation where it was the worst of LeVar and not like the one where he developed a couple NBA player kids, which yeah. is kind of cool to do. Yeah. But we got a situation where we got a kid who, we got a dad who's making his 10-year-old son become a viral star and play football all the time. Right. <laughs> when I was 10, I wanted a Tamagotchi and I begged my parents for one and I finally got one when they found one that someone lost at the park. <laughs> this kid makes six digits. <laughs> I named my Tamagotchi. There's one last video because uh, Baby Gronk has a uh, uh, somebody in upstate New York who is coming for him. Another 10-year-old who is coming for the Baby Gronk title. Uh, and I think it's important that you are... And we got to know what Livy thinks about this, this is too. The worst day of my life. <laughs> but, did you send it? I did. I did. It's the uh, it's the the last one I sent. Okay. Okay. 
the day Charlie died when Leo was a week old had nothing on this. <laughs> what do you mean? What? That, was a more, that was a more joyous you day feel than worse this about experience. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. And this guy who is definitely way smarter than us. Uh, listen, if, if we shot shows like this, we'd be done already. Uh, it's just bang. This, this is the one you want? Yeah, this is the one. Here we go. Baby Gronk may have just found his rival. Libby Dunn's boyfriend, Baby Gronk, is the number one college football prospect in the country. But his number one spot was just challenged by his new enemy, Baby Diggs. It's a parade <laughs> inside my city, yeah. Baby Diggs is an elite <laughs> player who plays both wide receiver and quarterback. He is currently the number one football player in the class of 2030 in New York. He also called out Baby Gronk to 1v1 him. Baby Gronk, I call you out 1v1. Who do you think would in win what? in a 1v1? In what? Baby Gronk or Baby Diggs? How, how do you play 1v1 football is what I want to know. <laughs> that dude, that dude's a genius. I was sick. The fact that he's calling this kid the number one football player in the 2030 class. That's fucking awesome. That's and, <laughs> and saying this Livy is this person's girlfriend in the Boy same friend. way that Rachel McAdams was my girlfriend. In high school. Right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, how old is Livy? She's probably got to be 20. Uh, 21, maybe. I don't know. 20 years old. 20? Yeah. There you go. Baby Gronk's <laughs> girlfriend, Livy, <laughs> might be rizzed up by Little Diggs. And who knows if Lil Diggs will take over as the number one prospect at LSU. Yeah. He records his video and it's like, no, this sounds too good. What I'm going to do is put on my backwards hat and record this inside the plastic tunnel at a park. Okay, Steve. Yes. Define Riz. Riz is, uh, as I understand it. Oh, yeah. Everyone wants to hear a fucking 35 year old. No, this is why I'm asking you. Uh, I uh, I guess the equivalent would kind of be game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of like uh, like you got game. You sort of like uh, like appeal. Suave. Let me do something simple for you. Suave. Charisma. Ah. Charisma. Oh. That's, oh. that's where the word comes from. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. Damn. I did there not. Maddie didn't know that. Yeah, Maddie. You didn't know shit, Maddie. <laughs> old. You know shit. Old. She's Matt, old. Maddie, how old are you? Uh, is, she's 23. Turning 23. These are your she people, Maddie. She's turning <laughs> in the age. It's tomorrow. It's yeah. Birthday's tomorrow. Happy it's birthday, tomorrow. Maddie. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Oh, to the Riz yeah. goddess. To the Riz. <laughs> Riz god, Maddie. Maddie is 22, but she's turning 23. She works on a podcast with three dumbasses, and you'll never believe what they said. Holy fuck. Can you believe that Maddie is dating baby Gronk? <laughs> Oh man, Jesse, can we just play that original video one more time? I'm the sorry, I have to. Maddie do this. I just has a blood feud. Gronk may have just found his rival. Libby Dunn's boyfriend, Baby Gronk, is the number one college football prospect in the country. But his number one spot was just challenged by his new enemy, Baby Diggs. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. Baby Diggs is an elite player who plays both wide receiver and quarterback. He is currently the number one football player in the class of 2030 in New York. He also called out Baby Gronk to 1v1 him. Baby Gronk, I'll call you out 1v1 me. Who do you think would win in a 1v1? Baby Gronk or Baby Diggs? <laughs> you ever see those videos? It's like, uh, here's a, a list of things that I think would give Louis XIV a stroke. <laughs>
<laughs> that video. Man, you know, uh, honestly, there's you know the OG one. No, or yeah. the other one. The OG no, one's I the don't. best one. That's the one that's is going the, viral. Is it this one? Libby just convinced Baby Gronk to yeah. commit to LSU. Baby Gronk is the number one college football prospect in the country. He averages 300 yards and five touchdowns a game. On his visit to LSU, Livy rizzed him up. Livy even hugged Baby Gronk. He might be the new Riz King. Do you think Baby Gronk will lead LSU to a national championship? Are all those people made up and I'm being fucked with? I mean, listen, the whole thing about being famous now is that nobody's famous. Everybody's famous and nobody's famous. Because if everybody is famous, nobody can be famous. So you have your your famous tribe. Like if you're, They call them like in marketing, they call them tribes, right? They, they're like your groups that like love you. And then outside of your group, nobody's heard of you, right? I'm about to have an aneurysm. I know. It's, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre. I have always felt like after we did the... Remember way, way back, Jesse brings a story... Two people we've never heard of with a gazillion followers on mm. YouTube. And it's David Dobrik before he was David Dobrik and his girlfriend. And I forget her Liza name. Liza Kashi. Yeah. And and they did a half an hour video on, on them breaking up. And I remember yeah. Steve and I yeah. were like, these two fucking idiots. And then by the end of the video, because we went through the whole thing, um, we were like, man, they... This is so pure. I was really yeah. rooting for them. <laughs> We're all rooting for you. How dare you? She was a she was a bigger star than he was back then, mm -hmm. and now he like he became like an enormous. I think there was some controversy. I don't remember what it was about, but yeah, like it just it, it's pretty wild. Um, oh, dude, how this all works? Now, I don't, can I don't you get believe it. so and so did this, and I'm like, you're gonna have to start with who so and so is, and the video has 13 million views. Nothing. No, this, yeah, this show is a waste of time. You know why? Why? There's a little TV underneath us, and it's not playing video games. Oh, yeah. we should do that one day. We should just have, like, I don't know, what are they? Whatever that nameless, faceless fucking game is where you jump on top of buses and shit and, and, get and coins. Like, or, or there was, like, a gun one where you, like, get a bunch of soldiers, and you have to, like, it's like, are you taking the money or the soldiers in this? And yeah. then, or we and just play, like, like, a good uh, Super Mario run. Oh, there you, you know, go. Speedrunners. Yes. And they'll, like, go through the game in, like, 10 minutes. Oh, it's insane. Oh, I love that. Play one of those. Oh, no. Or a good Mario Kart run where somebody's just way ahead, and they get all of the boxes on, like, Rainbow Road. Shit. That'll be good. I just had a really, I had an awful realization. What's that? We're all the parents from that Pokemon episode of South Park where we don't know what the fuck the kids are talking about. I must buy them all. I must buy them what all. They oh, they chin, chin Pokemon. Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. Must become a chin Pokemon master. I'll change you. I'll trade you shoe for Pangan. And then when the parents start liking it, then it's uncool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is stupid. Yeah. No. So if we. Okay, so the way we end all of this yeah. is we open every show with Baby Gronk and Livy or whatever the. Fuck. I think mm -hmm. I think here's the thing, what you where you get called out is when you pretend you're of the of that movement. Like you're you're not cool anymore once you hit like 25, and you don't even realize it till you hit 30. But like all, everything that is, that is cool in pop culture happens between 16 and like 25. That's who decides. And the rest of us are just along for the ride. So as long as we just embrace where we are, you know, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, uh, it, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "What the hell was that guy saying?" I have a headache. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, Jesse, what are you pulling up here? What no, I was just saying, like, but we have our own category of cool stuff. What do we like, have? Like for our age, there's like your grass is really cool. Like Adam's got great grass, and that's cool. My grass. I'm fucking proud of my grass. Didn't you <laughs> really earn, proud of it? Didn't you guys? So we went out on Friday. 
uh for the first time in god knows how long yeah the three of us it was like half a decade because of the pandemic yes kids and all the other stuff and we did what all dads do jesse's a dad i'm convinced i have a dog yeah uh we you shut down a jackasters yeah (laughs) so we were we were we did shut down jackasters where where are you going with this well, you earnestly said, so like, hey, what's what was your mortgage rate? What mortgage rate? <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing I thought was, that's the oldest fucking question I've ever heard. My second one was, what is your mortgage rate? <laughs> it's a good question. Discuss. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Adam has great grass. But there's, there's, you know, you said everything's cool from 20 to 25. No, your, your perspective on what is cool changes. Right. But the people who are creating cool... Are the people between those ages? Yeah, those are the those are the the creators. So it's Gen Z now. It's time for us to turn it over to them. I think Steve is a Riz God. Yeah, do you think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should ask SL about that, uh, Mrs. <laughs> Dango. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should. I'm gonna text you right now. Yo, SL, <laughs> can Steve Riz you up? <laughs> is he hey, a Riz God SL, for real? Would you say that Steve is a Riz God? Fr right for real for real yeah. for real no cap. No cap. <laughs> cap. Cap. No, it's cap or no cap. Is Steve a Riz God for real? That's. <laughs> is that the title of the show? <laughs> Riz God? No. Is, is Steve a Riz, Riz God, God for real? <laughs> cap or no cap? You better put a cap on, like, in the animation, too. I want to see a cap. Like, the red. Like a cap? cap. Like, the emoji? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just Maddie, is that cap or no so? cap? She just wrote me back. She's like, "LOL, I don't know what the fuck you're saying to me." <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> the question. It's important. <laughs> don't you text her, Stephen? Why? Why? No. <laughs> don't you dare. He's like, "Support me. <laughs> I am a risk god. I need this validation, <laughs> please." I'm just dying to be around. I just need the kids to think I'm cool. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's whatever you feel. Uh, the kids on YouTube got to know I'm a Riz God. <laughs> uh, she said, let's just say. No. Yes. Yeah. He's a Riz God. Yeah. <laughs> Told you. How long has she been your wife? Still got it. Uh, t- uh, 2014. Uh, this is going to be nine years. Okay. Is it a victory when your wife of nine years says you're a Riz God? Yep. <laughs> is, that a, is that a win? Or yeah, I think that's a that win. Is that just kind of sad? How long have you been? <laughs> she, she, keeps, she keeps being interested in him. He must continually be a Riz God. Yeah. That's good. You know? I want, all, her up. I want all the husbands and wives to go home today and ask your partner if you are a Riz God. You know what? We should, Find add, that. Out. We should add that to the marriage vows. Do you promise to be a Riz God? For the like, remainder of your life. Do you? So long as you both shall live. I, I need a Father's Day coffee mug that says Riz God. <laughs> You're going to get it. <laughs> There's gonna be... <laughs> oh, yeah. Father's Day is coming up. Happy Father's Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's this weekend. I'm excited. Happy Father's Day to you, too. You know, it's funny, about, <laughs> it's funny about being a father uh, on Father's Day when your kids are this young is that um, they don't care. <laughs> they're, no. they're like, yeah, that's great. Picking my nose, I'm off to play. See Does later. Natalie or SL, do they get a present for you that's from your kid? No. I don't even remember what I got no. last year. <laughs> no, SL doesn't come. It's like, oh, this present's from Leo. Yeah. And, like no, no, oh, it's a PS Five. <laughs> you, you know very much he did not go to the store and buy this with his nine-year-old or his well, four-year-old thanks, body. Leo. Yeah. I have this many. <laughs> Ladybugs are red. 
And they just walks out. Yeah. So they, they don't do that? No, No, they don't do that. I mean, like, I, I get a happy Father's Day and that sort of thing. But like, for okay, this is a bit of a weird quirk in my personality. Steve summed me up perfectly a, three, a few weeks ago. And I was in my dark, sleepy haze still doing the morning show. But he said, uh, we were talking about my birthday. And Steve's like, what do you get for the guy who wants nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't like getting a bunch of stuff for my birthday. I don't like getting a, a bunch of stuff for, you know, holidays or whatever. So like, you know, a card is nice and that's all I really need. Because beyond that, I feel like I've always felt like, what are you getting me stuff for? I, I can, you know, I, I prefer just not to have stuff. I got my own money. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm also just minimal that way. Like, I just don't want to own a bunch of crap. I think know? you could get Adam a Rolex and he would throw it away like someone handing you a flyer. I would take a Rolex. In the middle of the I would street. take a Rolex. No, Getting would. into watches. No, they're, where would you put it? They're really expensive. He would, he would leave it on his desk for like a year yeah. and then remember he has it a year later. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, hey, listen, let's talk to Dave and then let's talk. Would you want to talk hockey or golf first? No, definitely hockey. hockey. Okay, we'll yeah. go hockey next. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. First off, yeah, hockey, what are you talking about? We're going to bring Riz God Dave on next. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Dave Bastel joining us. And Dave, I wanted to start off with a message from Cameron. Mm. Oh. Cameron said, hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for recommending uh, Sports Interaction. Uh, I, I, I like Steve like to make $2 bets. Okay. Uh, now he sent me a shot of his and it was a pinata pick and he put $2 down on Nick Taylor. No. Who came up in his pinata pick to win the Canadian open. It paid out, uh, 269 feet away. Yeah. (laughs) Outstanding. $240 it paid out, uh, bringing Nick's total to 269.09. And I thought that was hilarious because 69 is the amount of years it's been since the last time a Canadian won. Also, it's the sex number. It is the sex number. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget that. So, I mean. Seriously, seriously, anybody in men's league that I see the number 69 on, I'm like, oh, look at the body. That's a loose cannon. <laughs> Ref, keep your eye on that one. <laughs> exactly. That's really cool that they hit that pinata. Isn't that that's neat? awesome. I just that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, the fun thing go? with way pin- to go, Cam. Yeah, Cam. Yeah. That's you know that's the thing with pinatas. They're supposed to be like uh, just just ridiculous. That's the whole thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, pinata picks and, and minute madness. Yeah. And oh, you know yeah. what? There will be there will be some pinatas coming up for the U.S. Open, Cam, and Ooh. everybody else listening. So jump on those because. Canadian Open is pretty cool, but U.S. Open is the third major and uh, one of the prime events on this golf schedule. So it's a nice it's a nice month of June for the PGA Tour. Absolutely. Now, um, we could see the 2022-2023 NHL season wrap up tonight. And this is sort of kind of if it does end, it's been one hell of a year. It's been really exciting. Uh, There's been some great hockey. The playoffs were phenomenal. Uh, The Stanley Cup, if it does end tonight, I feel like we got robbed. Tomorrow night. Oh, sorry. Tomorrow night. Why yeah, don't I keep yeah. saying Tuesday tonight? Night. It's t- yeah. Tuesday night. Tuesday. So if it does wrap up tomorrow night, wow. Um, I I feel like we kind of got robbed because I'd like to see the Panthers at least push this to six. But what are the odds here, Dave? Like, what, what are we looking at? Vegas has got to be the clear, undeniable favorite. Yeah, they really are. Uh, 1.53 for the Vegas Golden Knights to clinch at home, which would be a pretty good party. But I'm totally on board with you guys there. I... I'd love to see a six or a seven game series. I, it's not like Vegas has just crushed them on the scoreboard with like 
you know, seven to two, seven to one scores, but it's like, ah, oh, come on. You know, like even, even last game where I thought, you know, it would have been nice to see an overtime, then you never know kind of what happens. And and a completely different series too, if, uh, if Florida actually wins that game and it goes back to Vegas tied at two, but uh, looking at the board quickly, Florida two, five, two underdogs. Uh, can they win? Sure. Uh, will they win? I, I, I got my doubts. Uh, I got a, <laughs> I got a feeling it's going to be a five gamer right here. Um, I'd like to see more, but we'll see. By the way, uh, over under totals at six. They bumped it up oh. a bit, which is kind of surprising, considering that we uh, we were struggling to get the five, and uh, yeah. now it's moved to six. So maybe the under is the play, um, but we'll see. I got a parlay for you guys. Fire. I, it's the Florida 3-1 comeback parlay. Okay, let's go. So right nice. now, okay. the Miami Heat are down 3-1 in the NBA Finals to the Denver Nuggets. Yep. The Florida Panthers are down 3-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals. What if you parlay both of them to come back from 3-1 down and win the championship? <laughs> have you tr- have I've, tr- I've done it. It pays out 117 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your $2 bet wins you $235. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, are you doing it? I've been yes. I, I've been watching I've been watching <laughs> no. both series. Um <laughs> I, I I don't think the Denver Nuggets are gonna lose anything. Like no. I'm actually surprised they lost the game. Uh, but you know, because Jimmy Butler's been an awesome story and I and I and I've loved Pat Riley forever and his organization's uh, has been very good, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, this nugget team is really impressive. Really oh. impressive. It's crazy. Okay. Dave, we will talk to you on Friday this week, and there'll be lots to update on. We we could be, and very likely will be, full full draft, full trade, full free agent swing for that. So we that's need very exciting. We need the who goes number two in the draft odds. Yes. Oh, those will be good. Uh, I like that. Adam Fantilli. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Dave. Really thanks. Bad so- cough this week. A lot of Nick Taylor cheering. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, listen, the Shane Wright fall last year was like historic. That rarely happens. But boy, we kind of need if it did. I don't see why it would. Anyway, Dave, thanks so much. We'll see you Friday. Thanks, fellas. Hey, guys, we want to talk to you about Coffee Cult. What are the new sponsors on the SDP? which we're very excited to bring on. Now, Coffee Cult sources only specialty-grade Arabica coffee beans. We were drinking it just today, and we even got it in our mugs. And it's really delicious. In our what? In our mugs. mugs. Uh, what, What is it, Jesse? What do you have? Oh, me? Yeah, you. I'm just reading the Coffee Cult Craft Roasted Coffee Handbook, where I learn about their subscriptions, the producer of the coffee, the relationships, ooh, and the different profiles of coffee they have. Uh, They have... Sitting on the toilet reading. They work... uh, Okay, all right. You can read it elsewhere also. Hey, coffee makes you poo. One of the most... (laughs) (laughs) One of the most important things, I think, for for Coffee Cult, then this is going to be a hard right turn. Um, They work diligently with their farmers. They want to ensure best quality coffee. But also, they only work with farms that pay its workers, especially women, fairly and equally. It's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, they roast all their coffee in Hollywood, Florida. Oh, nice. oh. And it's roasted to order. So they do not ship stale coffee that's been sitting around for days and weeks. When you make your order, mm-hmm. then they roast it. Oh. They also have the they have a highly regarded dark roast, perfect for any occasion. Their eye cracker features notes of caramel, cherry, and tangerine and makes for a great espresso or perhaps try something more exotic like the Cumbres del Poas from Costa Rica, which uh, features notes of honey, strawberry, and cocoa. And if you order at coffeecult.com, 
Um, use the code SDPN love and get 16% off. Uh, this is coffee orders over 50 bucks. Get free shipping in the US. Uh, but coffeecult.com and it's coffee and cult with a K. So coffee, K-O-F-F-E-E-K-U-L-T.com. Use the promo code SDPN love and get 16% off today. Specialty grade Arabica coffee beans roasted to order the highest quality. It's coffee cult. So can the Panthers win game six? And can they, sorry, can they, they win, win game five first? Well, that's what I'll be asking if they win game five. <laughs> can they? The Florida Panthers invited Livy to one of their games. <laughs> they won instantly and forced the series to game six. Do you think the Riz God Panthers can slay in the Stanley Cup final? Look like involved. Um, can the Panthers win game five? And what I, what I wanted to ask is, can they win it without Kachuk? Because here's the thing. Oh, I mean, he's playing. He's playing, but can they win it without him? I mean, he barely played the third period and then scored the game-tying goal. It's a fucking Stanley Cup final, man. It's so messed up. And, and the, the reason I worded it that way is because they went the whole, like almost the third period without him. That's playing without him. Except for when he stepped on the ice that, you know, the couple times. And like, and, and here's the thing. A guy like Sam Bennett, who right now has zero goals and six shots in the entire series. He's you know, uh, like you he's need, not nearly as effective, eh? Well, it's it's almost like Vegas is sort of like, oh, you're mean. Well, we're meaner. We're meaner, but also like it's it, he has an easier role when like I don't know if he can drive. Okay. You know, he's the fucker upper. He's the fucker upper. He's the fucker upper. I can see that. And uh, you know, not everyone can be a good fucker upper. Um, but as soon as the other guys on your line or, or the guys that, I mean, he's, he plays with a superstar who cannot play like a superstar because he's hurt. That's the beginning, middle and end of it. Yeah. He's hurt. Reporters asked him about it after the game. He's like, guys, I'm not going to talk about that, which is fine. Yeah. And I wouldn't either. And I mean, it's not even one injury, right? Like, I mean, he got cold cocked, like might have a concussion. Yep. Um, something's up with that shoulder. Yep. Definitely. Um, I just, a bunch of guys are beat up. And it's one of those things where we're here at the end of a two month slog. Mm -hmm. And whoever's the least beat up wins. Well, and they, and every <laughs> and Vegas. At the end of every game, they beat the shit out of each other, too. Like there's a bunch of 10 <laughs> minutes. Every, it's like there's like 40 minutes in debt in misconducts that mean nothing. Dude. I don't even know why they bother. The just, league's got to do something about that. Well, I'm like, or it, not. Like, they, they, I think they like it, but like, stop calling misconduct. Like, what are you doing? Well, like Vegas isn't even blameless in all that. Like everyone's talking about uh, Petrangelo leaving the penalty box at the end of the game. Which, game's over. To my understanding, he's allowed to do that. The yeah. game's over. But like, I am fairly certain he kicked <laughs> Kachuk. Yeah. And it's just nothing. It's just nothing. Like, again, I said this and Panthers fans gave me a lot of shit. But the things that happen on the ice need to matter. Hmm. And they don't. Mm -hmm. The things that happen, like, okay, you know that whole, if you're not cheating, you're not trying? Yeah. It's not cheating. No, There's literally no punishment. They add a couple numbers to your numbers, <laughs> and, and you've served no punishment. So, like, anything that you're not punished for, you're simply allowed to do. Mm -hmm. if if anything that you are caught doing and not punished for you're just allowed to do you want me to read the end of the game punishments give it sure 
So with 20 minutes left in the game, or 20 minutes at the end of the third period, so 0-0-0-0 on the clock, mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk received a slashing Not a a penalty for uh, against Petro. Matthew Kachuk received an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against Alex Petrangelo. Not a thing. Uh, Kachuk received a misconduct. Aiden Hill received an unsportsmanlike conduct against Sam Reinhardt. Aiden Hill went hard into that pile. Yep. Because <laughs> he was getting run over. Uh, Brandon Montour received a charging penalty against Braden McNabb. Not and then thing. Brandon Montour got a misconduct as well. Not a thing. But Darnell Nurse had to be suspended. Yep. For being in a fight in the final five minutes of a game. Right. I mean, to be fair, that was an automatic suspension. They didn't technically suspend him. They had to unsuspend him. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is why, like, okay, I don't know what to make that, but any league worth being a league uh, gives you more than nothing. That's nothing. It's literally nothing. I I would like some consistency with penalty calling in this series at all. Oh, fire West McCauley. Game four, we saw just everything being called. Neither team could get away with anything. And all they do is try and get away with the most. And then they're like, you can't call everything. And then in game four, the rest or in game three, the rest were like, yes, we can call everything. And there were so many power plays. And then you go to game four on Saturday and there's a tripping call. And an over the glass penalty. Now <laughs> the over the glass one, you can't. You have to call because uh, it's it's just automatic. And then the tripping one was like kind of iffy, and they called it. And everything else, nothing. Am I right or am I right? I was saying back in the day, there used to be so many infractions that we would get mad when they called a penalty. Right now, uh, it's there's so many. We we get mad when they don't call a penalty. Right, it has reverted. Because it is after game three of the Stanley Cup final. Wes McCauley, who has been around since the era that I'm talking about, where it was just prison rules hockey, reverts to prison rules hockey. Oh, the dude who called no penalties against the Florida Panthers in game three uh, with the Leafs. You don't say. In this game, there was a slash from Mark Stone on Mark Stahl. Didn't get called. Seconds later, mm-hmm. it's a trip. Mark Stahl trip Stone, yeah. On Stone. And here we are going, that's what you call? Yeah. That's what you call? Oh, my God. So he just he just went back. It's old school. I don't know. Every, everyone who wanted to know what it used to be like, that. It used to be like that. All but the game time. three, both of those would have been called. Yep. This is what... Jesse, here's what your <laughs> tiny little mind was, 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 that, that was, was Thursday? Oh, here's what, what happened you're... Thursday to Saturday? Did they change the rule book? The number went from three to four. So like, you know, we, 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 <laughs> one thing that I've definitely started to understand this year is it's not, oh, there's a regular season rule book and there's a playoff rule book. Nope. Nuh-uh. Not true. There's a regular season rule book. No. That's not even true. There's a beginning of the regular yeah. season rule book. There's a mid-season rule book. There's an end of regular season rule book. Then there is a first round, first two games rule book. Then a first round, second two games rule book. Then a first round, third three or last three games rule book. Yep. Second round, third round, fourth round. Mm-hmm. It's how do you build a team for success when when the National Hockey League is actually about 15 different sports. You build the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Yeah. Who have been fantastic w- with playing this kind of hockey. Every kind of hockey. They can, they can play fast. They can grind you out. They can play along the boards. They are huge. And they can be very violent. Like maybe they can we play just, every kind of hockey. And that's why they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I think we overthink this whole hockey thing. Like get, get two or three goalies. <laughs> they had five. Three or four guys who can score, and and the rest of the team just make sure they're big as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> like, like I think maybe we overthink this. Yeah. No. Last uh, Saturday, they go out and their goal scorers are uh, William Carlson and Chandler Stevenson. You know, like they they found found a way to win with the other guys in the lineup. It wasn't Stone. It wasn't Marshall. Show, it wasn't Eichel this time. I love how those are the other guys. The other guys, the guys who have been around forever and were the uh, the stars of the last playoff run. Stevenson, 10 goals. Carlson, 11 in these playoffs. Vegas is so deep. They're extremely deep. So deep. And the, the, this uh, do you what, think that has anything to do with them uh, just playing with the salary cap like it's a toy? Hey, why? Why they, don't other teams? They though? went for it. They, yeah, they, they didn't do it. anything illegal. All they did was take these huge swings with all of these trades yeah. and made a bunch of players unhappy by shipping them out after they got here, uh, shortly after they get here, and not holding on to any draft picks. But that's whatever. They went out and they made all of these big trades and they make these big swings and they kept some guys around and they got really lucky with a bunch of different goalies and they took these chances and it all paid off. I got a question though. I got a question. I bet it's stupid. I, it's probably dumb. Uh, is it about Riz? It's no, it's not. I I want to know because it's a copycat league. Let's look at the factors that led Vegas to where they are. Forget if they win the series or they don't win the series. They're up three to one in the Stanley Cup final. People are looking at them and going, "What do they do to win?" Because you should do that. Sure. What did they do to win? Okay, so Jesse, you mentioned it. They played with the salary cap like it was a toy, mm-hmm. right? They, within they the rules, shipped a bunch of guys in and out. Mm-hmm. If there was a shiny toy that became available on market, Petrangelo, uh, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, uh, who else? Uh, Robin Leonard, mm-hmm. uh, who has not played this year and may never play again. And how did he get there? Leafs. Oh, yeah. That's right. The Leafs traded. <laughs> Went from Chicago Robin, to Toronto Robin to the Leonard. Leafs in a three-way deal. Never yeah. never even got a jersey. Poor guy. Leafs legend. Um, I... I look at that and I and we all and I'm I'm chief among us say, who said like what the hell are Vegas doing? Like they're alienating people. But if they win, that's all gone. Yeah. That doesn't no who one cares. cares. Yeah. And by the way, it's still Vegas. Everybody still wants to play there cuz it's Vegas and the, and it's warm and the housing's cheap and it's fun and and the, and like the, they put on a show every game. You feel you must feel like you you stand like a thousand feet high when you come out of that dressing room. The way that they get that crowd in—that's that's how tall you are. That hundred percent. I, I just I'm I, I'm wondering what parts of this are repeatable with other franchises. Hmm. I wonder if teams get a little more hardcore with how with loyalty to players. And I you know I always think about the Leafs. The Leafs are very have been very loyal to their guys. Yeah, <laughs> I they have been very loyal to their guys. Thankfully, so they have fucked with the cap for sure, but they stopped yeah. doing it. Uh, they, they used to like they'd always have like a Dave Clarkson or a Nathan Horton contract on there. Yeah. They kind of stopped. Montreal's doing it and big they, time now. They Vegas, may get rid of Muzzin's contract. They make like why are we getting rid of it? Let's just. just I don't like. <laughs> well, I'll need CJ to come on with his BA and capology or whatever, right? To explain it. Um, what parts of these are repeatable? Uh, <laughs> so Vegas is big as hell. Um, but they. The problem with trying to replicate teams that are big as hell is teams often forget that they need to be big and good. That's the 2011 Boston Bruins set this sport back. 
set it back because everyone tried to be them. And what no one discovered <laughs> for half a decade is only the 2011 Boston Bruins could be the 2011 Boston Bruins. There's a reason we still talk about them. It's because they, they were all on the same team. All the yeah. big good guys. And any Canucks fan uh, is watching this right now and going, yeah, I think you might be leaving out the part where they got to beat the fuck out of all our players. And um, yeah, they, it's, they haven't changed the rules in that long, right? You're still, it's just the universal, you're allowed to beat the fuck out of your opponent in the Stanley Cup final. It is what it is, bro. So what what else is repeatable about what Vegas has done? Well, how many teams go into a year with Aiden Hill and Laurent Poussoit and whoever else they had lined up to be their goalies this year and go, we have a shot? People are, I think, going to understand that, well, this is why I think Connor Hellebuck could go for a shitload because okay. the goalies who can play 60 games are unicorns. Yeah, there's, and, and that used to be pretty normal, but it's not anymore. There's two. I think there's two. Connor and? Uh, Hellebuck Vas and uh, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. I think there's two. Not even Shosturkin? Nope. Okay. Nope. And it's nothing about him being good. It's about durability. Mm -hmm. Right? It's And it's not just playing 60 games once. Cam Talbot played 73 games once. Ooh. I know. Stupid. You got you to gotta play. And I think Brassois was his backup. You got to play 60 games three consecutive years, right? Those guys are unicorns. So you're going to see a lot more tandems. You're going to see uh, goalie systems, at least three NHL goalies deep. Um, but also the the loyalty thing you mentioned is interesting because I was listening to the Chris Johnston show. Never heard of him. On the way in, and I'm, I'm extrapolating a little, but they were talking about what you were talking about with Austin Matthews' contract and how it's probably going to be shorter. Mm -hmm. What CJ was pointing out, is that's that's going to be the norm like uh you know and guys are wanting out of you know pierre luc dubois wants out uh alex de walks uh wants out matthews doesn't want out but he wants a shorter deal guys are gonna want shorter deals it's gonna be a more nba style so players are starting to think that way teams i think are gonna look at vegas and also think that way and also the florida panthers like Jonathan Huberto was a cornerstone of that franchise. Mackenzie Weger was there forever. And they traded them in a big, bold move for a star young player. Not terribly unlike, you know, the guys I just mentioned. I would take Kachuk over to Brinkett or Dubois, but you know what I'm saying. Top six players of that age are not typically available. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Um, and there's there's less of tomorrow than there used to be. I've been talking about this for a couple of years now. Ever since COVID, there's everyone's changed their thinking, right? And everyone's a little bit more desperate. How so? People are more desperate to win now. They're a little more bold than they used to be. They're, uh, you know, if COVID hadn't happened, would either of us have quit our jobs? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, after being locked inside for like a year and a half, we're all like, hey, Jesse, you would you have quit? It? Would you quit yours? Do you think if no, 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 COVID had a huge reason as to why I had the ability to quit my job. Exactly. So the it's not just a uh, Vegas thing and a don't have loyalty to teams or whatever. Like, I mean, they also made shrewd decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. And they fought tooth and nail to keep some guys like Alec Martinez being a Vegas Golden Knight. That looked dead in the water. Like he was we all assumed he was traded. It was just a matter of where. And they end up keeping them. And we're like, okay. Well, On a pretty nice extension, too. Yeah. And we're like, who the hell else are they going to get rid of then? And, you know, 
poor Mark andre Fleury had to be on the receiving end of that. Um, but uh, I think teams are thinking more short-term and players are thinking more short-term, which is why it's weird to me that uh, trading picks three years down the line is gaining popularity. You know what I mean? How does that make any sense? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, like like 2025 picks and 2026 okay. picks. So what doesn't make sense dealt. about that to you? Is that it's it's far down the line. Like I, I think player or players, sorry, executives are starting to think maybe it's born from executives being so desperate to win now that they're willing to trade years down the line because they don't care about years down the line, just win now. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about it wrong. I was thinking about it from the acquiring team's perspective. Well, and the right. acquiring team can always flip that for something else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, the way it sounds like you're supporting your your point about <laughs> I got there in yeah. the end. Okay. I got there in the end. Because you, you shouldn't care about the the pick of of a 15-year-old, who a guy who's 15 right now. Who cares about that? Literally. Pick? Literally. Like, don't trade that so you can get somebody to win now because everything's about winning now. And I think you're so right about that. Yeah, these guys guys if vegas taught us anything is that hey maybe it's it's not the best idea to stick with one group for the longest moment you know we were looking at toronto on uh, so closely all the time and it's shifting out those big pieces it can't hurt you know when you've tried it for so long oh maybe it can said the only team that matters in that conversation <laughs> yeah fuck my life i i think the other thing i want to ask and, and the reason i wanted to ask what about vegas and what's repeatable and jesse i want to get your answer on this too is i'm going to ask you guys the same question about florida in a second but jesse if you're another team and you're looking at vegas as the archetype for your success okay we're going to be like vegas hmm. what 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 are the repeatable moves that Vegas made in your mind? If you look at the Dallas series, one of the things that uh, was surprising was Jake Ottinger struggling. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with the amount of games he had to play this season. And it comes off uh, last season where he's the fir first time full-time starter. Uh, and then he grabs it in the playoffs and, and he goes. And then the next season he comes there, he plays, um, I believe, is up close to 60. And then he can't, kind of ran out of gas come the playoffs. There's a lot of hockey. And the Vegas Golden Knights started with Logan Thompson as their number one goalie. If you remember that, he plays yep. 37 yep. games. They get Aiden Hill there for 27. Laurent Bossois is 11. And then at the trade deadline, they go and acquire Jonathan Quick just because they're so unsure about the goalie situation. Just in case. Just in case. Just and in I, case. I think like teams need to think about, hey, there's no such thing as like one starting goalie anymore. It's got to be one A, B, and C now. You got to have a rotation of goalies who can all step in. Um, if we make everything about the lease, them going with Murray and Samsonov and then um, having the guys in the minors be able to come up too, like that's more of a modern day thinking of your goalie situation. And then, and then come the playoffs, you ride the hot hand. Yep. That's it. Like, Brassois was in there. He had a good good little run until he got injured. And then Aiden Hill was the hot goalie. Yep. And then he goes in and he's there. And that's it. You just ride the hot hand with goalies. I'm, I think that's a big takeaway. I'm just laughing at Brassois playing only one more game as a Golden Knight than Jonathan Quick yep. this year. During the regular season. How? Yeah. And, How? And with Florida, I think both uh, lesson, this lesson applies to both teams. Because... Bobrovsky wasn't the starting goaltender. Nope. <laughs> he lost his job midway through the season. Spencer Knight's the only reason that the Florida Panthers are in this position right now. But then you flip it and you say, oh, they have a hot hand in Bobrovsky. Let's just ride that. And I think teams need to just think about the goalie situation where it's like, don't have to force your starter. Ride who's ever hot. Make them split the games. And then when you get to the playoffs, one goalie is going to step up and take the job.
I think Jack Campbell should have been starting in Edmonton. I think they, they won with Stuart Skinner for too long. Um, Jack Campbell, when he was in there, he looked all right, even though he only got in like three, four games. But Well, and, and how about Allmark? Oh, I mean, I mean that's, that's one of the biggest lessons. Swayman wasn't the hot hand, but you definitely don't ride the cold hand. You don't ride nah. the guy who's who looks like he's injured. Yep. Game five should have been uh, Swayman. No, game six, maybe, if you really want to push it. But like Swayman should have been in there. He should have had a start. It would have been. I think it should have been game six. One of the most bizarre goaltending decisions I've seen in recent playoff memory was Tampa playing Ben Bishop in the 2015 Stanley Cup final until he was virtually dead. <laughs> yep. Like, and it was, Andre Vasilevsky was the backup. We did not know he would become Andre Vasilevsky, but I was just watching it going, okay, I know he's a rookie. How bad could he possibly be? Bishop can't fucking move. Yeah. He can't move. What are you doing? And they lost in six. Who knows if it goes differently? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, it's, if your goalie is hurt, especially. Yeah, if these two teams taught us anything, it's just ride the hot goalie. Right. I don't think it's that complicated. What? Yeah, like, so enough. But yeah, I mean, okay. I was hurt for like a month. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Florida thing, they were supposed to go to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Yes. And it's, it's, it's almost like what Washington did in 2017. They lost in the second round and then immediately won the Cup. Because uh, they got all those pieces. And then, it, like in Florida, the same. They got all those pieces, didn't win. Uh, if you're looking at Florida as an archetype, Again, what do they do that's repeatable other than buy you, have magic like all the OT OT winners? What are they six and oh in overtime? OK, like I don't think you can repeat magic. No, here's what you need. You need to acquire a decent right handed defenseman and uh-huh. then bank on him more than doubling his career high in points. <laughs> um, you need pull to pull off one of the biggest blockbusters of the decade. Yeah, with a unique situation of a young star who doesn't want to be on his team anymore. Um, and you need to be willing uh, to trade um, one of your best defensemen and also uh, someone who just broke an NHL record for you. Oh, uh, face the Toronto Maple Leafs so that you have a free square in the playoffs and you really only have to play three. Yeah, rounds. it's true. Like, literally. So you only have to play three rounds of hockey if you just play the Leafs. You, it, it's a free pass to the Stanley Cup final. Literally, oh, yeah. this year, 2022, or yeah, 2022. Go back to Boston. 2021, uh, Columbus is the only failure there. Boston in 2019. That's four out of the last five Stanley Cup finalists played the Leafs. Now, is that the Leafs getting jobbed by continually playing good teams, or do the other teams get to make it that far because they play a team that sucks. <laughs> I like that one. Sucks at playoff hockey. Um, and again, just get a bunch of big old bastards. Yeah. Now, you, I, I called Montreal a few years ago. Like, they were not a good team. They were not a good team. Yeah. Straight up. But it was one of those things where it's like, man, you know, if they ever made it into the playoffs, we know the rules change. They're mean and they have a good goalie. They could do stuff. Yeah. Vegas was atrocious in that conference final. Oh, they were fucking. Terrible. Winnipeg probably was worse. Wasn't a team. Yep. And then the Leafs shit the bed. They they completely shit. It was the such bed. a magical run for Montreal. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. Oh shit, I forgot about Montreal and all that. Yeah, there you go. Um, what? No, because I said Tampa twice instead of Montreal in 2021 when I was talking about Cup finalists. Oh, I thought you were talking about Montreal. No, no. Oh. And anyway, no, I was. No, because no, you said Montreal. Yeah, you said Montreal had, if they got in. Yeah. 
Jesse. I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> I can't pay attention to one topic. I need to go see a doctor. All right. Anyway. Wait, where was I going with all that? Um, the problem with Florida is you if you're going to build the Florida Panthers, the fatal flaw of the Florida Panthers is they shouldn't have made the playoffs. This is the thing, right? But you know they're going to be teams. This is, I mean, the 2011 Bruins had a, an outright, like an outsized effect on the next decade of hockey in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. You either became them or you became the anti them and neither were good enough. Like no um, one became the Red Wings. No. No one became the Penguins. No one became the Blackhawks. Well, because with the Red Wings and the Penguins, you thought these things, and this is why I keep asking, what's repeatable? You can't repeat Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in, in, in consecutive draft years. You just can't. But for some reason, everyone looked at Milan Lucic, who young Milan Lucic was an actual unicorn. Oh, he's crazy. And they said, we can do that. We can find that. Yeah, we they didn't try to find Bergeron or Marchand. Or, no, the huge dude who can stand in front and bang in 30 and beat everyone's ass. <laughs> we need a dude with an amateur boxing background, literally. Yeah. It's sort of funny that Tyler Sagan was on that team and he got like no play. Bergeron, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, uh, Lucic and, and Chara and all that. And like, here's like 21 year old Tyler Sagan. They're like, what a disappointment. We got to trade him. Today. They treated Tyler Sagan the way Adam Wilde treats every gift. Like <laughs> they shouldn't have had him. <laughs> no, they shouldn't have had him. It's because they traded Phil Kessel and got the second overall pick. And they were like celebrating that for like a minute. And then they were like, oh, what, what do I do with this fucking Man, thing? What do you mean? He's got to learn stuff. I hate that. This is stupid. Sagan had a disappointing playoffs in uh, 12, he 13. He did. He was, uh, if I remember correct, I want to say he set an NHL record for like most shots in a playoff without a goal. Oh, wow. He, was, he finished like with 70. He finished with one goal in 22 games. Yeah. So he had over 70 shots, though. Wow. In those games. Seven assists, eight points in that 22 game playoff run. Um, and you know why? Because he missed breakfast. Was that? He missed breakfast. What is that reference? He showed up late to a team breakfast and they scratched him. <laughs> it's not it's not complicated. And that many had character issues and he's a piece of shit. And yeah. now here he is. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. We should trade him for Riley Smith and then not appreciate him either and send him to the Panthers. I thought it was Louis Erickson. Wasn't Louis? Yeah, what are you talking about? I think they were both in the same deal. Yeah. No and way. Riley Smith and Louis Erickson. Go look it up. No way. Go look right it up. now. All right, because Louis Erickson's time in Boston is what got him that devastating contract with Vancouver. Mm -hmm. The Tyler Sagan trade: Riley Smith, Joe Morrow, Louis Erickson, and Matt Frazier were acquired by Boston in exchange for Rich Peverly, Tyler Sagan, Ryan Button. Trade Rizgod. <laughs> wow! And then when did they trade Riley Smith? Cringe to florida uh so yeah riley smith went to boston in the sagan deal and then the panthers acquired S riley smith and mark savard mark for, savard, i think was just the contract for jimmy hayes wow jimmy hayes wow jimmy hayes was good but jimmy but jimmy hayes for riley smith and mark savard jimmy contract. hayes was the ultimate like he was a great boston bruin like there's no question and then and florida we said hey We'll send. We'll uh, give it to him for free. We'll give it uh, Golden Knights Riley Smith for a fourth round pick 
and expansion draft considerations. And then the Vegas also got Marshall. So, so there's there's an article going around today of uh, how the Florida Panthers fumbled Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall. So mm-hmm. that's from Shana Goldman, right? Shana Goldman in The Athletic uh, interviewed uh, many members of the Computer Boys. But um, the Florida Panthers were not the only team to fumble Riley Smith. Yep. I didn't know that. Wow. Not, I mean, not that that's a fumble, I guess. It's a trade. Like, Jimmy Hayes was good. It's they needed to. It wasn't the trade wasn't about Riley Smith. It was we need to get rid of Mark Savard's contract. I don't know if he ever played a game for the Panthers. Boston lost the Tyler Sagan trade. Uh, you think? <laughs> but then they ended up making the final again. They lost the trade, though. They did. So take that. Take that, Boston. Yeah. Yeah, Boston. Yeah. Aha. Boom. Yeah. Another so- Boston sports failure. <laughs> Add it to the post note. Watching Boston sports, people like that, like just people breaking down about the fact that, oh, we haven't had a championship in half of half a decade. Dude, <laughs> Pete, Pete Blackburn, uh, after the Celtics lost, being like, this is about to be the worst summer of my life because the Bruins lost, the, they blew the 3 1 lead in the first round and the Celtics lost in the conference final. And I'm just like, Pete, that would be the best year of Toronto sports you've ever seen. I need you to imagine for one moment being us. Yeah, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. Like, you guys haven't been <laughs> struggling. <laughs> I saw a graphic recently that was like, the Jays haven't won a playoff game in, since 2016. 16. I was like, yeah. it doesn't feel what? like that. But yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. every time they've made the playoffs, or not won a playoff series, I should say, not a game. Uh, oh. Every time they've made the playoffs, they've, they've lost. And listen, don't forget, <laughs> like we harp on the lease, but the Jays had an 8-1 lead going into like the seventh inning. Oh my God. Uh, last year. Like I over Thanksgiving. What a fucking meltdown that was. And that wasn't even like to, that was to push it to game three. Yeah. Oh, they, they had to then, win that to tie it. The first time, too, they they did it. Like, they went to the playoffs and were like, oh, it's a young team or whatever. They saved their best pitcher because of uh, their analytics or whatever. And they're like, well, uh, we'll put Hunjin Ryu in. And he just won, like, a Cy Young trophy. We'll, uh, we'll put him in the third game. And they didn't get to the third game. Fuck. And he's like, fuck, guys. Win a game. I love how we turn this into Toronto. Oh, it, 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 Toronto it, team's bad. Well, I know. I, I mean, what I, else are we going to say about him? Yeah. So anyway, since 2016, the Blue Jays have they went uh, three consecutive years without making the playoffs. Then they lost in the wild card round to the Rays, and then they oh. missed the playoffs in 2021. And then they lost in the wild card round last year to the Mariners. I, it's it's felt so much better than that as a Jays fan, but it's because it's a young, exciting great. core. But, but yeah, you might get locked in the Leafs thing where seven years down the road you're like, well, oh, they still haven't made it out of the division. The Raptors are still the reigning champs in my brain. Shut up. They are. <laughs> they are not. Are they really? So no. Yeah. No. They had. It, I mean, it was. They, magic. Got, they got fucked. Like for not being able to defend that championship. Oh, definitely. You know, you've played in a bubble season. Then the year after, they got to play in Tampa, and that season was a lost season. Yeah. You know, so I feel bad for those guys. But that OG Ananobi shot, like again, the Celtics. Yeah. The 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 Kawhi shot against Philly. I was like, okay, they have to win the championship now. So I can look back on this with maximum reverence. Like, holy shit. He scored that. They won that series and they won the championship. Yeah. With OG, they didn't even win the series. No. Fuck. Fuck. And you and it, it gets kind of consigned to the dustbin of history, right? It's a, 
Like and the fucking high level basketball media people who are like, you know, if Durant was in there, the Raptors would have lost. Like, shut up. They didn't though. And he wasn't. He, he wasn't there. They didn't lose. So I actually I'm gonna take our championship away. I, I okay, yeah. fucking Doctor Strange. Why don't you go to the universe where he was healthy? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. So stop. Um, no asterisk titles. According to Elliot Friedman this morning, uh, we had expected an extension for Keith, and they that they'd be working on it this week. But from what he is hearing. Uh, that may not happen at all. What is happening? What is going on? He's saying not just the Leafs. Well, he's saying that he was trying to figure out if the Leafs were talking to anybody else. And he said, I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. So, so normally what you do, by the way, yeah. is Sheldon Keefe's deal is up at the end of the year, just for anybody that doesn't know. And in order to continue, the theory is if your players believe a coach is on their way out, well, they can just fuck around and, and say, well, whatever, Sheldon, fuck off. We, we know you're not going to be here next year anyway. Or you need us more than we need you, so you're going to do what we say if you want that extension. So what teams often do, if they're not totally sure or totally sold on the coaches, they'll extend them a year and go, okay, you got a year to figure this out. If we have to fire you at the end of the year, we will. We'll eat the salary. But it doesn't appear as though anything has happened. So question to you, Steve, what is going on? So to me, it sort of comes back to the Rangers. Okay. So there's there's a there's a... a uh, I guess the I guess the Rangers of the Dam holding this up. D- depends what where where you come at it from. The Rangers were gonna hire Laviolette. It's Laviolette. We got him. He's ours. Then John Hines became available, and then he started popping up in the Rangers conversation. It's kind of shifted back to Laviolette, but there's this big question mark with Sheldon Keefe, which has led some people to think: Are the Rangers waiting for the Leafs to fire this guy? Right. Because I bet they've called and asked for permission to talk to him. Maybe, yeah, that yeah. that was the uh, I think it was the rumors over the weekend or late last week that if Sheldon Keefe were to become available, he would be the top of the Rangers list. He, I think he'd be top of a lot of lists. And mm-hmm. this is the but they're the only team with a well, technically Columbus and New York, but we know who Columbus is hiring, but they're the yeah. only ones with a vacant spot. It's they'd have first dibs. I imagine. Imagine the the Leafs are like ah the Leafs won't extend you so you have to go to New York, like oh <laughs> I know what a dream. Here's here's the obnoxious conversation that I know is going on in so many NHL offices right now. Uh, the Bruins fire Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, they gas him in like a super not cool way in his living room while while the president took a shit. Well, the president took a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> As as we made up, we made, up. Yes. we made that up. But the president and he left wrote, it there. He didn't even flush. No, he he left a floater. And said, uh, now clean that up after he fired him. I can't believe Cam Neely did that. Yeah. Anyway, so they fired him. They hired Jim Montgomery. They have a record breaking sixty five win season. And I know you know every NHL executive was like, yeah, well, who would you rather be right now? Who would you rather have right now, Bruce Cassidy or Jim Montgomery? And they win 65 games. And now Bruce Cassidy is a win away from a Stanley Cup. And for that alone, just just to see the lulls in Boston, like just just to have Boston one time taken out. Yep. One, one time. fucking time. One time. I want Bruce Cassidy to win for that. Take your stupid lumps for once. Now, the the reason I, I bring that up is you know, we talked about it being a copycat league. Yep. I think teams are going to really emphasize uh, playoff success. Mm-hmm. 
And the fascinating thing about Sheldon Keefe is he's got like the best regular season winning percentage ever. For a Leaf coach. And just can't fucking win. Cannot fucking win. They beat Tampa. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, maybe the third best series they've played in the last few years. Like, listen, let's not not have our blinders on a little bit for that Tampa series. The Leafs got outplayed most games. That's what I'm saying. It's like you could argue the Leafs were better last year in 2022. Uh, I look at the 2019 series with the Bruins. They were great, except for motherfucking game seven. Mike Babcock um, even sick playing playing good. Austin Matthews 18 minutes. Oh! So, so ah! must, we must save him for the next game. Ah! Adam and Steve, if yeah. if you're the son of the Boston pizza franchise owner, I'm rich. So you're Brad. You're Brad for living. Job! I'm not. I don't need this stress in my fucking life. Whoa! Why am I working? Yeah. I'm. I, oh, I'm on a boat. I'm gonna be on a boat, and I'm gonna be at a golfing and driving a Ferrari. Italy. No, I'd be I'd be driving my like out if if I had seven hundred million dollars in the bank. Remember that remember that guy that that pulled that McLaren into his fucking yeah, condo? You. That yeah. would be fucking me with it with a Senna. I would want I would want a McLaren Senna for one at their one point two million dollars in your condo. That's I yeah. want it in my goddamn condo. I'm Brad. I'm Jim Trilliving's other kid who doesn't do shit. You know how much Brad Trilliving loves hockey? Yeah, that dude played in the minors. He didn't need this shit. No, he's an actual heir. He was probably like with a billet family. You know, making 200 bucks a week for food. For the Columbus Chill. (laughs) This dude was playing for the Columbus Chill. This dude was riding a bus in the WHL. For what? For what? (laughs) Go to any university, get a BA in business, and run Boston Pizza! So <laughs> no, he loves hockey that much. Question I was going to ask. What? Well, you guys assume the body of Brad. Uh, you are named new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. MLSE appoints appoints you to the title. You look at Sheldon Keefe and you say, "Hey, what do I want to do?" You got three options: you fire him, mm. you extend him, mm. or you play out the contract. A, B, or C. Which one are you going with? <sighs> so. Getting into their brains, mm-hmm. they don't want to pay people not to work for them. If you have carte blanche to do any of those three decisions, which one are you making? Not which, what you think they're going to do. What would you do? What do you think is the best course? Send them another year. But if you get stuffed into a locker in the playoffs, then you know your answer. I uh, unfortunately get another mind in there, and it's oh. and it's not wow. about it's not about Keith being bad. Which mind? It's well, that's a great question. Isn't that the million dollar question? Mm-hmm. Um, the my my issue is I don't know if that's this is the year I would do it. But we know they don't like paying coaches and other people to not work, mm-hmm. right? Like they did for Babcock. So we sort of established that you need to give coaches a year extension or whatever, at least so they're not a lame duck. So do you fire the guy and pay him <clears throat> pay him to stay at home or not One work year. for you now? Or do you extend him at a bigger number, give him a raise, and pay him that number to not work for you? Plus, if the Rangers do hire Keith, then you're not on the hook for the money. Ideally. Ideally. So, I mean, this sure seems to be the time. Um, but... Here we are, June 12th. We don't know who their coach is. We don't know who 
is staying. We don't know who's going. And this is what happens when you fire your GM like five, six weeks before the draft. Yeah. Adam, do you disagree with firing Sheldon Keith? Yeah, I do. I do. It's shit. Why? Because your problem. I think. I think it would be. The I take every disagreement personally. You should leave a comment. SPPN, <laughs> how fucking dare you? No, I'm kidding. What's up? Uh, no, I, I, I think, I think that, you know, he has had unprecedented success in the regular season. You can't, you can't blame him for their playoff failures when he. Um, like, listen, I was really hard on him. I remember game one versus Tampa. That first minute was a fucking disaster. And that is completely on Sheldon Keefe. He has players on that team that he is obsessed with. I think we have a general manager who is also now not obsessed with those similar players. And maybe, you know, maybe Keefe not having the security of Kyle Dubas there. Cause th there is no doubt, right? Kyle Dubas hired him in junior, hired him in the AHL, hired him in the NHL. There's security between the two of them. They're on the same page, even if they yell at each other, which they do, apparently. Or they did. We yell at each other. They have tickle fights. Yeah, they've... D d Kyle. Um, and, and I just... I, I look at this now, and and Brad Living is the new guy in town, and I would say, listen, you want to remain coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, you're not going to play um, Cody Cece on the right side with Morgan Riley an entire year. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the kind of stuff where Sheldon Keefe has been a great coach. He's got the numbers to support it. It's a results-based business. Keep him. But I want to see Sheldon Keefe without the security blanket. And I'm excited to see it. I think, I think he, you know, when we're uncomfortable, like, listen, do you think it was comfortable leaving our jobs last week? Uh. It's scary. But when you're uncomfortable, you're pushed to do things that you're not, you're not normally exposed to doing. Jesse. Was it comfortable for you leaving your job two years ago? No. Way ahead of all of us. No. Not no, comfortable. Not. not comfortable. But did you learn a bunch of stuff? Yes. And I think we'll I learn so. a lot about Sheldon Keefe. Learn how to be a Riz God. Yeah, well, you That's learn from the best. Time, yeah. <laughs> you learn from the best. <laughs> you might be a Riz King. I don't know if you're a Riz God. Like Steve's ah, trying to be Riz Steve's God. Steve's the God. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I think. All of that said, I, I want to give Sheldon Keefe another shot because I want to see what he's like when someone goes, actually, that thing that you've said, well, we don't believe that anymore. So we're looking at the data this way. So I said I'd like to get another mind in that room. Maybe they just hired the other mind. You know, maybe it's Brad Living, Shane Doan. The Leafs had, hmm. the Leafs had, and I've heard this actually from reporters. First off, in the dressing room, they all got along really, really well. There's, this is one of the one of the few Leaf teams where they've been like all of them got along. Well, the first crack in the armor came from Frege and de, uh, de emphasizing the core four, mm -hmm. right? Well, I don't know how that pertains. What do you mean? Uh, basically, there was a feeling within the locker room that the core four got too much. Yeah, we played it on the show. Oh, that part. Yeah, I yeah. understand that, but I don't know how it pertains to. That. Because the assumption was that they all got along. But now we're hearing that that might not have been the case with the way the stars well, were treated as opposed to everybody else on the team. I think it's very relevant. I'm curious about how that specific source, that to me sounds like somebody who was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like somebody who's been on the team. So, And, and I think that's which, good. No, but that matters because I, you're always bringing in new guys when you're so emphasizing the core four. And I'm not discounting that. I actually think it was probably somebody who's won a cup before. So <laughs> as soon as I heard that quote, I, I went, instantly thought I went, Ryan O'Reilly. I went through the roster. I'm like, who said it? And it's Ryan O'Reilly. To me. Is, who has done more interviews since the season ended than yeah. he did in his time as a Leaf. Yeah. 
And I, and it doesn't mean that he's taking shots at them or whatever. It just might be that, hey, I've been on a, a you know, in some good cultures and some bad ones. And I, I can tell you, in the good cultures, this is what they do. And in the bad ones, this is what they don't no, do. No, I feel I like that should own. carry some weight. Yep. I yep. and I and I'm agreeing with that. And I think I think de-emphasizing the, the the core four, whatever they whatever they claim to want to do, fine. But I think that there is um I think that a little bit of friction sometimes is a good thing. If you are too much uh, in agreement from president to general manager to head coach on philosophy, then I don't know who pushes who to get better. Mm. And and I, I'm not saying toxic yelling at each other and calling each other names or whatever, but feeling passionate enough in your point, which differs from the person next to you, to have a flat out argument about it respectfully and 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 actually push them on their ideas. Because here's the problem. Yeah. I, I'm sure Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas had arguments, but at their core, they sort of believe the same things, hence why we're in this position. There, there's got to be a happy medium between Sheldon Keefe, who appeared to agree with Kyle Dubas on the vast majority of things, and Mike Babcock, who was actively working against him. Right, and that's not what I'm calling for, right? <laughs> right? I, a little but, bit of creative tension is, is, it creates the best things in the world. Yeah, yeah. The Beatles had flat out yelling, knock down, drag them out arguments, created some of the best music in the 60s. Yeah. Daryl Sutter know? looked at 2019 Mike Babcock and went, that is how I will coach this year's Calgary Flames. <laughs> Does Baby will, Gronk listen to the Beatles? Yo, I am going <laughs> to. No, he's going to remix them and ruin them all. <laughs> Not him, his dad. He's going to oh, speed it up so yeah. fast for TikTok. And it's all going to sound like this. Like every song on TikTok. Um, I, I, Is that what they're going to sound like? Yeah, that? that's, they, you know, they speed everything up. I like I like Brad Living and I like Sheldon Keefe as a as a duo. I want to see Brad, who seems like an affable guy, go, Sheldon, are you fucking serious with the Justin Hall minutes, even though Justin Hall's not likely to be here? You know what I mean? Do you feel in charge? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's what I would say. I, I, that's what I want to see. Um, Bane. Around the NHL, it looks like Pierre-Luc Dubois wants $9 million on his next extension. Oh, That's okay. what he's looking for. Now, this well, is I a want player. a Bugatti. He's 24 years old. I want a Bugatti. Put the keys in my hand. I don't have Bugatti money yet. Oh, well. I, I always say yet. I want to leave the possibility open. The door should be open to Bugatti money. Don't you think? Yeah. I, um, who yeah. the fuck is his agent? Pat Brisson. Yep. Yeah, Pat uh, has gotten guys nine mil before. Mm -hmm. They were all better than this guy. Pierre-Luc <laughs> <laughs> Dubois is a great player. Yeah. Is but not he, nine mil. But he might say, I haven't had the chance to be as great as I should be because look at the teams I played for. The defensive, depressing for an offensive player, Columbus Blue Jackets. And the complete mess of a dressing room Winnipeg Jets. Like, here's the thing. You know, we're giving, we're giving Pierre-Luc Dubois a really hard time. And I think he deserves it. But also, I, I, I think there's a lot of players that want out of Winnipeg. That's, that shouldn't surprise us. It's not for wanting out of Winnipeg. It's hey, wanting out of that dressing room. I want to go to this very specific place. And also, I want you, you to mean Montreal. give me the same amount of money that if I was a UFA with 32 eligible teams to sign me. Yeah. Why would what fantasy world is he living in? Why would Montreal ever trade for PLD or sign him? I can see them trading for him, but $9 million? That doesn't no. make any sense. No. No, but even, even like bringing him in, you know, like, is it going to be a problem? What? Oh, to Montreal? Yeah. I don't 
don't know if it'll necessarily be a problem, but I can tell you, uh, they're not going to give them nine million dollars. The one thing Montreal has done—they might because well, the cap's going up. If you want them on a long-term no. deal, you might have to. I wouldn't you, give them. Okay, that. so they got a lot of young guys. Look at the contracts they have signed. Nick Suzuki. <gasps> I know. Cole, Cole Caulfield. Oh. <gasps> Those are some incredible, incredible deals, and they're going to give this guy who doesn't even have, like. What percentage of the Jets season was he even their number one center? Who's the highest paid player on the Montreal Canadiens? Isn't it Nick's? Carey Price. Besides Carey Price. Oh. He doesn't play for the Montreal Canadiens anymore. It's not Nick Suzuki? Who do you think it is? I thought Nick was at $8 million. Who would be making more than that? Uh, well, it's Cole Caulfield now. It's Nick Suzuki. Yeah. 7.875. And Cole Caulfield is 7.5? Yeah. Cole Caulfield's 7.85. Oh. So they're $25,000 less oh, ah, difference there. One team dinner. There's no <laughs> way in hell you bring in Pierre Luc Dubois and pay him a million point two more than your highest two players. And, and Nick Suzuki. Get out of here. Effectively better. No. In my mind. Well, I, like, then you don't get to come here. Like, that's it. We don't need you. I need to know where this number came from. Yeah. Wait, because again, it's a it's a very I, unique situation. Listen, you don't want to call play. up Brisson and ask him, I guess. Ask yeah, him, yeah. Where, get his number. No, but okay, you don't want to play. Plug in, my phone in, into the board. You don't want to play in Winnipeg. Fine. You want to play in Montreal. Fine. But you're asking for pick of the litter money, and you've already you've traded yourself to a very specific team. And they want you because you're good, but because there are essentially no other suitors, you're not going to get maximum money. You're not going to get $9 million. What if um, what if he opens himself up to New York and Boston, who are apparently interested, Philadelphia potentially? That's why. So those reports have come out. I don't believe him for a fucking second. Why not? B because it's been Montreal for like a year now. Well, he was in Montreal yesterday or last year expecting a trade. He exactly, wants to be a Canadian. Exactly. Nothing and, wrong with and that. Now, and now there's all these... Uh, Oh, how is it going to happen? And what's his number going to be? And I'm not going to sign with the Jets. And now all of a sudden, these other teams creep in. He's just using them. Mm -hmm. He's uh, whoever it is, the Rangers, the Bruins. I, you know what helps is if you pick teams like cap teams with deep pockets. Pick pick some original six teams that get a lot of attention, deep pockets, drive up the value, and let's see if we can get nine million bucks. And you know what? Make sure you throw in a divisional rival of the Habs in there. Oh, I like that. Okay. It's all bullshit. I don't think uh, he wants to go anywhere but Montreal, and the Habs ain't giving him nine mil. I'm gonna. Be, I'm very interested to see the team that'll take the one year on PLD because I think I think there's a possibility. You know, they somebody goes out like a Minnesota or Carolina. I mentioned last show they do the one year thing where you get a good center on yeah. a cheap deal, and then you let him go to free agency at the end of it. He's on a deal. This year, though, yeah, yeah, this is one like yeah, oh it, so, it, no, so they they go to Winnipeg and they say we'll take this off your hands for this upcoming season, and then they play it out with PLD, and they just rinse your hands of it. You let him go do what he wants. Man, 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 it's crazy, isn't it? It's um, I'm fascinated to see how this ends up. Mm -hmm. Like even beyond him getting traded to Montreal, like it's going to be Montreal, but like if he has success there. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of players thinking they're Pierre-Luc Dubois and trying to force themselves if their childhood team. If Pierre-Luc Dubois ends up in Montreal and has a good, let's say, 
five, seven year run in Montreal, is that better for the game of hockey? That a player can just go out and say, I want to go to this destination and then does it and has success after quitting on two teams. Depends what you count as better. Mm-hmm. Because like, okay, we look at the NBA. We always compare the NHL to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the NBA is very successful. And is a real league. And is a real league <laughs> and makes money hand over fist. And the bad teams suck ass. Yeah. <laughs> suck ass. And will always suck ass. Yeah. Their best hopes are getting a star player in the draft, mm-hmm. being mid for a few years. Then in free agency, they go somewhere else and you're right back to sucking ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. Right you, back to sucking if ass. If you're the bottom teams of the NBA, you hope for a Giannis situation where you get somebody who wasn't the number one pick, but you scouted him, you got him high in the draft, and then he turns into a superstar, and then he's ingratiated with the local fan base, and you get him for the 10 years that you do. A complete and actual unicorn. <laughs> like, how, how... Like, can you hope for a Giannis once in a generation? Yeah, but that's that's what Ooh. that's why they have all those lottery balls. You hope for getting Jokic, you know? Denver yeah. right now, Jokic and Murray. Like, yeah. they built that through the draft. Yeah. And like it it can be done, right? Mm-hmm. It can be done. But, but it's like the odds. The Pelicans. Zion's a disaster. The Pelicans. You know. They got Zion. They thought they had it. They thought they had it. And well, he's been in the news. <laughs> wow. I mean that's a, a real sure story. Has. Certainly been in the news. Sure but, has. So, so, so but but no one's talking about like because the bad teams are just the doomed to be bad or mid. Um, is basketball any worse for it? Doesn't seem like it. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, but Gary doesn't want that in his NHL. He wants a 34 team league. Forget the 32 team he already has. He wants a 34 team league where every team can compete for the cup. Mm-hmm. So would you say it's good for hockey if he can do this? If the NHL does something that replicates what the NBA is doing, it is good by virtue of the NBA is a league that is successful mm-hmm. and the NHL is not a league and also isn't successful. What's the most fun thing about be a GM mode in NHL? Trades. Moves. Trades. Trades. Plant fans love trades, man. I like this move to shorter contracts. I would love more trades. Let's go. Let's go. Do you, you think it's good for National Hockey League oh, yeah. that Pierre yeah, can yeah. do this? Yeah. I think so. And 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 it's not because listen, it's it's the Winnipeg Jets, if they had a great winning culture, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Uh, I think they've won. I think they've outperformed what anybody's expectations could be. But let's not deny that there's a lot of problems in that dressing room and probably isn't a fun place to play. Um, Columbus, do you think playing under John Tortorella at the end of his run was fun when you're an offensively gifted player? I don't fucking think so, man. I think that this Anthony guy... Anthony Duclair seems like he's having a lot of fun right now, by the way. I think that this guy wants... He's like, you know what? If it's going to suck, it may as well suck in my hometown for the team that I love. And, and so at, from that perspective, as much as I've been hard on Pierre-Luc Dubois, because I feel a bit funny about the way he's handled this stuff, I mean, if that's where he wants to play, I, I how do you argue with it? I have far more respect for what he's done in Winnipeg than in Columbus. Sure. Especially like, that last shift in Columbus. Yeah. Like Winnipeg, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll come here. I'll, you know, score, whatever. Because he knew he knew he needed to do that. Yeah. And then, but then they go, please resign here. 
And all he's done is politely tell them, no, I don't want to. Yeah. He's right. exercised. Nothing wrong with that. He's exercised his right under yeah. the CBA. No, I don't want to. Yeah. And you know what? It's Columbus, it's like, I don't want to resign here. And they're like, fuck you. We're keeping you anyway. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to dog it. <laughs> they tried to. Well, yeah, that's Yarmo again. Fucking Yarmo. Um, I. I. Uh, but like. That's Yarmo being playing hardball like he does with everybody. But I look at I look at this. I look at. um what Winnipeg has to do, right? If you're looking at the Jets, this is a perfect situation for them to do a quick retool. You find like, Montreal's got tons of great prospects. Yeah. You try to grab one or two. They ain't giving you any of them. Well, they got to give you one. If not, you're getting not Pierre the Luke ones Dubois. worth having. Like you're not getting Lane Hudson. Well, I wasn't expecting Lane Hudson. No. Well, yeah. You got to get somebody also good. Doesn't have to trade him in Montreal. They they yeah. have his rights right now, and they trade can, him anywhere. I think that one year thing is a very big possibility here yeah. for PLD. Um. Here's here's what I was going to say, though, regarding Yarmo is Yarmo was stubborn mm-hmm. and PLD was stubborn. Mm-hmm. So he, PLD forces Yarmo's hand. But what does he get for him? Line A and Roslovic. Pretty good. Pretty good. What are we talking about uh, the Jets getting for PLD? Oh, it won't be Shit. that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Yarmo was being pigheaded Yarmo about it, but... I mean, we don't know what the Jets are going to get yet, but it sure sounds like it ain't going to be Line A and Roslevic. No. Caulfield and Suzuki. Yeah, I think so. That's reasonable. <laughs> but it is it is Come a back. good shot for Winnipeg yeah. to sort of start this this retool or rebuild or however they want to brand it because, you know, last year they tried to move on from Blake Wheeler over the summer and nobody wanted him. Uh, I bet they want him more now. Well, he's got one more year left. I, made that do. up. I don't think so. I think you're going to have to retain salary. if you All of that. it. Like bet break the CBA, retain all of that salary to get to get him somewhere else. Lou could. Lou would find a way. <laughs> yeah, Lou could. Lou would find a way. Be like, really, Gary, you want to push me on that one? <laughs> mm, I wouldn't. Uh I, I think uh, him to Nizhna Novgorod. I think I can. <laughs> I think that there's a uh there's a there's a potential positive for this. I don't for at least for Winnipeg. Um a couple other names that have come up. Noah Hannafin's got one year at about four and a half million dollars left. Uh, with the Calgary Flames. The Leafs are always somehow linked to him, but I don't think that's what's happening here. I do. Let's go, Brad. Uh, <laughs> Woo! Uh, the other one that's came up, and it, it is linked to Toronto, is Scott Lawton in uh, in Philadelphia. Now, he just signed an extension. Uh, Elliot this morning said he believed that um, uh, that Toronto had was close to trading for Scott Lawton before he signed his extension. So is that a guy that's still interested? Are they still interested in that type of guy? You know, there's no question. Great character and uh, really effective player. Everything is up for sale on on Florida. The or thing, sorry, in the Flyers. The thing Fried said about that is supposedly the Flyers have already turned down a late first for Lawton. The Leafs have one. They have the 28th overall pick. And I'm sorry if that's not enough. Hmm. Uh, I don't I'm, think I'm, I'm down. I'm also wondering, like, who's going to... Like we, we we do have to have a real discussion about John Tavares at a center position in a playoff situation. He can do it all regular season, but I felt like he really slow like speed wise. I you know I thought he was an effective player in the playoffs, but we are gonna have to have to start to have that chat about the foot speed, right? And Lawton's another guy is, who's is a winger. Lawton coming is he? He's not playing center for the no. No, no, he, no, he wouldn't he play be. on the wing. That's, that, uh, he can play center. I know he's left wing and center. I feel like Freege talked about him as a center. As a center? Okay. I, I, Again, I don't necessarily think the Leafs' problem is Tavares at center. or like what, What's he going to be worth the $11 million on the wing? Yeah. 
Like I don't know. Like we're we're talking like we need a similar return to like what our Timmy Panarin can bring mm-hmm. to be an eleven million dollar mm-hmm. winger. I'm looking at or Kaprizov. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at his face off percentage and it isn't great. It's okay, um, but I mean this is a this is a guy who just came off a forty three point year. His next highest year in points was five years ago with thirty two points. Hey, he's thirty, isn't he? Yeah, which is an it's just an odd one. I don't know. Um. I guess I guess what I'm getting at is I'll 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 continue to say it till I'm blue in the face. Um, it doesn't matter if you put Tavares at wing or center. You cannot have these four guys. What costs more? <laughs> what costs more? A second line winger or a second line center? Oh, uh, uh, second line center. Right. So you're going to manage the cap better by moving your $11 million center to the wing and signing or trading for a... How the fuck do you think this is going to work? It doesn't make much sense when you outline I, I think... Yeah, it, no kidding! Well, Steven... Jesse! God, I'm a scholar with this fucking team! But I think... I have to... But I think that maybe they don't think that, that, that it's a problem. Stop. I know they don't. They keep fucking losing. <laughs> Scott Lawton doesn't make much sense. No. Like, I feel like you can recreate what Scott Lawton provides for less than $3 million. Yeah. I think he's he'd be a great piece for a different team. But if we're talking specifically the Leafs, I don't see how that $3 million for the next three years slots in comfortably on your wing. You know, then we just then we just look at him like Alexander Kerfoot. First of all, that's so fucking dark. Second of all, what's that movie with Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio and there's an asteroid? Oh, the one on Netflix. Yeah. Don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up. I feel like my life is just Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, screaming at the news camera, and that's just breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. Okay. I, I think you're not incorrect on that. You're not incorrect on that. Fuck. Um, okay. Uh, how, how does that math math for you? <laughs> we're 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 in a cap crunch. We want to de-emphasize the core four, so we're going to move one of them to the wing. And, ha- and I don't think that they are. I don't. I don't think that they are though. I don't think they are going to move anybody to the wing. John Tavares. I, John Tavares specifically. I don't think they're doing that. I think that they are continuing on the way that they have. Yeah. And when they win the cup this year, I can't, this coming year, I can't wait to replay this clip for Steve. Riz King. Riz God. Steve. Is that your prediction? Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> Anybody who says it is is uh, lying to themselves. I yeah. think the Leafs are a very good team. Currently constructed. Well, they don't have currently constructed. They got ten people who are free agents. I don't know. I don't know what they're constructed. Construction yeah, is. So how are it's we a, saying it's gonna a be a team. completely different team next year. I'm gonna kick you down. <laughs> I can't wait to play this back for you when they win. I'm gonna kick you right down. Can't wait. Stairs. Can't wait. Right um, beyond all that, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this off season to really start. They have a lot of UFAs. I, I know do, they man. do, and they don't have a lot of cap space. So what the fuck are they gonna do? They they have some cap space, right? Let me see. It's, it's like, like 14, nine. 15 million? Uh cap space with LTIR candidates 14.7. Oh, with LTIR. But that's still 10 players they gotta replace. Yep. It's almost like Ooh. they have guys who are locked up for too much money. <laughs> you know, it would be f- almost five million more if you didn't have Matt Murray's salary sitting on it. 
Is that the oh that was the one we were talking about this whole time? He's getting on LTIR. Matt Murray. Matt Murray's going LTIR. Four. He's going on LTIR. Guys. That was a prediction uh, like last month. Yeah, it's yeah. for sure. But he was uh, he backed up in the playoffs. He sure did. So we know he has the ability to enter an NHL game. Nope. So uh, Mike Smith. Mike Smith. What it was with the, with the Oilers. Elaborate. Mm-hmm. He played in the playoffs, and then they were like, "Nope, he's hurt. Done." That's fair. Nope, he's hurt. All, all we really know about memory. No one questioned it. He's got the ability to put on NHL pads. Yes, that's all we know. We do know that. And um, take and take a pregame skate. He did that. <laughs> so it's so funny. Look at the Leafs cap friendly for all the forwards they had last year. Because look, you got eleven point six million, eleven million flat, ten point nine million, and then you got six point nine million. William. And then oh, it they fall- should trade that one. And then it falls off to two point one million, one point yep. one five, and Matthew Nye is at nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and that is it. Okay. On the NHL roster. Oh my if, god. If that NHL, if that unnamed NHL player who's for sure not Ryan O'Reilly said that, um, <laughs> I think they might have been right. This will be interesting. I, I would, man, how, here's what I want to know. How come no one's got to sit down with Brad for living yet? Uh, he's, done ra- he's done radio hits. No, but like a sit down. You know, we're in the same fucking let room. Him, You're going to have to look me in the eye. Job. Let him do his job. No, no. I want, no. Before this is Toronto. Him. You don't just get to simply do your job. Right, you want to simply do your job? I got to get Steve Keogh on the phone. Go to... Go to San Jose. Simply do your job. It's what is it? June something? Yeah. No. And nothing against San Jose specifically. I don't know why I picked you, but you know that there's a difference in the media. Not saying there's a difference in success on the ice. Both teams haven't had a lot. I hope on the 12th of June, now that I know the date, Bradshaw Living has more important things to do than talk to the media in Toronto. Media. There are more important pressing issues to solve, like moving JT to the wing. Moving him to the wing makes no fucking sense. I love how upset <laughs> this is. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's do a press conference. Oh yay! The presser. S D E. I didn't know you were so mad about that. the Steve Dangle press conference. I didn't know I get that mad either about that. It's just you ever just feel like uh, things aren't that complicated, and uh, everyone makes them really complicated. Yeah, there it is. But where is this 10-year-old going to commit to playing football? Oh, my fucking God. That's what we need to know. Hasn't even hit puberty yet, but, you know, high-ranking prospect. He, what, you got to do the... He may never grow. We have no idea physically what he'll look like at 14 or 16, but, you know. This uh, Leafs salary cap conversation reminds me of the nugget threat. Okay. You got to do the nugget threat. The nugget threat. What's that? When, when you're, um, you're going to order dinner. Mm-hmm. or whatever hey what do you want i don't know what do you want what do you want i don't know you decide all right we're both getting 10 mcnugget meals and you know that's a cool thing to get mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's your dinner you know what i mean yeah and then they go well no, no i don't want that oh so you do have an idea of what you want stop it oh my God. so what do you want <laughs> tell me what you want <laughs> tell me what you want it's not that simple tell me what you want <laughs> All right, Jesse. Brian Gosling got a point. Jesse, first question. Uh, what did you guys think about Nick Taylor? Tell me Taylor? what you want. <laughs> Nick Taylor winning the Canadian Open. That was sick. Man, this is like what? Back-to-back weekends where a cool golf thing happened? Where uh, what's-his-face, 
who was like the club pro hit the hole in one. Oh, Michael Block. Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. And then uh, that wasn't last weekend. No, it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, whatever. I Playoffs. Had, time doesn't exist. I really loved it. I thought it was cool. I also my favorite part about it is the various slow mo's of the security guard taking out Adam Hadwin. Just um, yeah, it's good so form. good. Now he played rugby for sure. Um, let me I've got one from the actual RBC account so we can actually play this on the show. Um, but you've got to see the slow mo of the celebration because they had a camera on Jesse. I just sent it to you. <laughs> so they, they took the, um, the Moe bottle that, uh, Adam Hadwin was po- trying to pour all over, all over his friend, Nick Taylor. Uh, and they are going to put it in the Canadian golf hall of fame because of this unbelievable. Story. Was that, I thought that was just a joke. No, I think they actually are. Look at this. No security did not know. No, like, I'm talking about the bottle in the Hall of Fame. No, I actually. Oh, I, is it a joke? I thought it was real. I I, yeah, I'm asking. I think it might be real. Okay. And now, here we go. Real. Now, watch this. Slow-mo, beautiful. They're hugging each other. And there is the spray. And then it, Boom! Blitz! You weren't expecting that, were you? And the caddy's like... <laughs> caddy's like, wait a second. <laughs> it's a good hit, too. He spears him, like, really good. You know, like that's a that's a football move right there. Wham! Come on, how much do we love that? Now, if you look ha- at the cop too, oh, yeah. cops like, oh fuck, there's an incident going on. Kayla Gray from <laughs> TSN actually had she was there. I had two buddies that were there and had to leave to look after their kids, uh, and this morning are regretting looking after their kids. Oh, they had to leave. They should. That sucks. You know, um, uh, fuck them kids. So Kayla Gray was actually in the grandstand. Kayla Gray of TSN, who we love. Um, and uh, check out this. This is her. I, I just sent it to Jess there. Uh, it said, this is her sort of over, bird's eye view of Adam Hadwin getting taken out. Oh, she- and again, it's so good. It's so good. Wham. It's <laughs> a good hit, man. It's a good hit. <laughs> Like, I love that that hit is overshadowing the 72-foot eagle to win the tournament. Wham! Wham! The fact that Adam Hadwin's able to grab a couple steps before finally falling over is pretty amazing, too. Like, he he does, he holds tight. Look. Good core. One, two, three, boom. Good good base. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, um, (laughs) let's not overshadow the fact that this is the first time in 69 years this has happened. Nick Taylor... Um, with a 72-foot putt. It's the longest putt he's ever hit on tour, ever. In his PGA career. In like 200 tournaments. And it's the longest putt for a win in PGA Tour history. Is it? Yes. Wow. Pretty cool. Spectacular. And again, a great weekend for Liv. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a good weekend for the public investment fund. That's right. You're right. You're right. Not Liv. Liv's going to die. Liv's gone. And Greg Norman's going to be homeless. But uh, I hope he got some money out of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, you know how much money they have to pay him to carry this water for them? Yeah. Like, yeah. They probably carry <laughs> to be the the shield for the Saudis. He better be getting like, all of the money. I hope he got world. money. <laughs> big, big Steve, money. Steve, that's the guy who is the in charge of live. So oh. he's the guy they put it's to be like the spokesperson, the face of live golf. And he was also a fantastic golfer back in the day. Yeah. Who's the PGA guy they want to resign? Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. Uh, he's he's yeah. evil, evil man. I'm sure he's very sad. Yeah. No, I was at the uh, I was at the Canadian Open on Saturday, and it, it's cool being there because it's it's hosted at uh, Oakdale. Uh, it's a, around the Jane and Wilson area. 
Um, but it's at a private club that none of us in our lives. Well, Adam says leave the door open for things, but I li- you we, leave the door open for being obnoxiously rich. Why not? <laughs> we may never be able to touch those grounds unless we're there in twenty. I think they're hosting again in twenty six. But like these are the only times you're gonna be able to get on that golf course. It's at the fanciest of fanciest private clubs, mm-hmm. and you can tell. Like you get onto the grounds and everything is immaculate. They have this giant clubhouse and they they've made they've made the grounds like a lot of fun for families and kids. And I did a lot of walking and it, it's just cool to see these guys up close. You know, you see why you're like, oh, I can't swing like that because I saw McElroy up front. And he was like me to, to Adam. You know, he's taking a tee shot and you're like, oh, that's a that's a world class golfer taking a tee They're shot. They're just a set of obliques with shoes. What does he, <laughs> what did his you know, when you hit a, go, a golf ball really well with the driver, that noise that it makes it it's so sad. Yeah. Ping, like, the, uh, and I, I mean, they, they made the ping brand after. It sounded just like it. How <laughs> did how did Rory sound? Oh, it's it, they all have that sound. They all have that that clean, crisp golf sound. And oh, it's hot. The thing is, with a professional golfer, they're always automatic. Like there's never any uh, any deviation on the 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 cleanness of the swing. It's always just did they miss their spot by a couple yards? You know, they're always hitting the ball uh, flush uh, with their clubs. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Mike Weir didn't have a good couple of holes. I saw him out there, but like. He made the cut, but that's a dude who's not playing all the time. Hey, the fact you that know. he made the cut is amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. He, he doesn't play as the, regularly. The cut was like, wasn't it like minus three or something? Like it was. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was. It was a big field though. So I think it was seventy-two guys who made the cut. But uh, we was there on over the weekend, and where I saw him, he was struggling a little. But it was cool to see a, a Canadian legend up close. Yes, and just watching watching Mike Weir do stuff. Uh, it was good. I'm sure he thought the same thing when he saw you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know Steve Dangle. You know, and he's like, what? What? <laughs> he let you on the simulator ride at the zoo twice because he made a mistake the first time. That's your. It's in his book. Anyway, good the, luck. The first 12 chapters, uh, all zoo stories. Fuck up. <laughs> Steve's book for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's a cool place. I'm glad I'm glad it ended with Taylor winning the, winning the whole thing because it looked for a while on Saturday that the other guys who were out later than him were just going to lap him because he was yeah. in the clubhouse with the lead at minus 11. And then like Rory came out and shot like he was at minus 12. The guy who's playing, he was playing with, I, I forget his name, Hubbard. I think um, he was up at minus 13 at one point, you know, it's like, okay, it was, it was fun while it lasted to have Taylor there. And then uh, he just comes back on Sunday and has an unbelievable day. And the, the score he shot on Saturday was a course record. He shot minus nine just That's- to get, into the clubhouse lead and it was what a weekend for Canadian sports. It's cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Really enjoyed it. Um, all right, Jesse, what else we got on the press conference? Uh, do we have anything else? J- Jonathan, uh, on our discord press conference questions channel wrote law and order. Toronto has been announced. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think yeah. of that? What, what st- so they're asking, what painfully Canadian crimes do you think they could put on the show? I just think like, what what Canadian moments are we getting out of Law & Order Toronto? Well, it, here's the problem with like Law & Order is, is like, <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no other way to get around this. It's about murder or sexual assault. Right? Those are what most of the cases on it are about. Ding, ding. The, the, we don't have as many murders. So to be, make it believable, 
it, they're going to have to come up with some other crimes that they're relying on. Is like their pillar of criminal criminality. I, I don't remember the name of the comedian, but he came up. He was an American, and he came up for just for laughs. He's like, you know what I like about Canada? You guys report all your murders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But it, it, but the thing in Canada, like if there's like a high profile murder in the states, you hear about the murder suspect for six months. In Canada, you hear about them once, and you might hear about them again when they come up for parole, and that's it. Mm. So it's just a different way of looking at it, right? It's weird. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do with Law and Order Toronto. I'm, I'm I am. How curious. many uh, Jonah also said? How many Tim Hortons references are we getting? Oh God, I you know because you you know that. if it, if the Americans are doing some of the producing of Law and Order Toronto, they're going to do like oh we're going to make Beaver references and poutine and all this fucking corny Canadian shit. You know what? That's I hate? not the reality of it, us. Wasn't there an actual real life story though of? Uh, there being an, an organized crime maple syrup ring in Quebec. Oh yeah, no, no. yeah, that's it's not fair. really it's not totally <laughs> like there's like it's very it's deep, but there's also like a syndicate that is like legal that sets the prices for maple syrup in Quebec. It's a whole thing. But that's the whole Quebec. Thing. Yeah, this is Toronto. Yeah, I know. So what's it? oh they're all gonna get into the slowest car chase of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, gar- <gasps> the gardener's back. It's on the gardener. Yeah. <laughs> it's under construction again. Sorry. Uh, There's no exit to Lakeshore East. Yeah. Turns on a signal. Plick, 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 Well, once, once I catch up with this guy, I'm going to get him. Uh, I, 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 the other thing is, man. Okay. So when I was doing like entertainment reporting, the, the Tim Hortons reference thing kills me because you know that all the actors, when they come up for the Toronto International Film Festival, all they're going to do is like, I love Canada. I had a double-double the other day at Tim Hortons. And you're like, no, you fucking didn't. But we have to ask them about it because it does make Canadians feel good because we have short man syndrome. And uh, like we're, we're sort of a pick-me country sometimes. Yeah. And if you wanted your interview clip, because remember, you're competitive with your other reporters, right? If you want your clip to make the highlight pack if you and the highlight packs a minute long so if you want to make it into the, the the morning recap you better get something about canada in there and so it's like well well how do you feel about canada i've told you that story about ellie ellie golding uh or or oh do you is there anything that you must have in toronto when you're here yeah double double i'm like okay well i'm in the pack tomorrow like it's just it's it's why we ask that question is so the reporters can make sure that they're in the highlight reel because mm. they want something localized to this to the city if if you want to impress me, don't do the double double. Be like, yeah, I got a pimel bacon sandwich at St. Lawrence Market. I'll be but like, they don't have time to do that, and they yeah. don't eat. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like these answers are what their PR person handed them. Yes, who told them to say this. <laughs> well, it's like it's sort of like the Rock with Let's Go Leafs. Apparently, behind the scenes, you remember when the Rock came out and yelled Let's Go Leafs? Yeah, they told him. So well, no, they actually they told him Go Leafs Go, but I guess his PR people fumbled it, and oh. that is the kind of thing that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be very pissed about. He is very focused on wherever he is. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to make sure that I, if I'm in a local city, I know that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to nail it because he realizes that his support comes from people like Leaf fans. Like he's he's got stadium support. But it's so weird that he's like that because he comes from wrestling, which yes, is scripted, but so much shit, goes wrong yeah that a ridiculous amount of it is improv mm-hmm. yeah and but he's gotta have and we saw him respond to this control. on twitter right 
he responded to the left go least thing on Twitter. What Remember, he he tweet. I forget what he tweeted out, but he played it off nicely. Like I think afterwards, he realized what you're saying in that things go wrong and this was actually turned into a better moment because yeah. of how viral he went yeah let's go leave so he responded it to boost the signal with the um who's the who's the one with the house what is that the barbara streisand effect yes you know yes. so he, yes he talked about it more so more people talk about it and i think he realized that and that's the wrestling background yeah and it's because of the way leafs fans treated it though yeah look at this dumbass we were no like, yes yeah, let's go Leafs. We like that. <laughs> and the next, how many how many days for the next games or what next game do we start chanting? Let's go Leafs. Yeah. It's still a meme. It was a thing. It's we're still, still a thing. We're yeah. still we were shouting it in Kingston. Remember we instead yeah. of yeah. going yeah. let's go live of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you guys want another question? Yeah, one more, one more. We got time for one. More. One more, one more. So uh, this is from Ryan called seventy two. Uh, it's been very apparent that officiating has been a main topic po- talking point of you guys in this playoffs. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure if Steve is banging the drum for change or just banging his head against a wall sometimes. Mm-hmm. That said, <laughs> do you guys think the problem with officiating is the severity of in-game punishments? I feel that every call isn't made because of the severity of a power play. Each call has a major influence on a game. Other sports do not have such a punishing result for minor infractions. What are your thoughts on rethinking the existence of power plays at all? Uh, woo. That's interesting. I don't think you rethink the existence of power plays, but maybe there are. Okay, well, you d- you hooked that guy, so the next faceoffs in in your zone, like a defensive zone faceoff, because they do like you know five and ten and twenty yard penalties in football. You can mm-hmm. do the same thing in hockey. That's interesting. Like you have a thirty idea. second, one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute power play. Yeah, yeah. I I have wondered about that, or even one minute yeah. power play, because like I don't know, two is kind of bad. Also, the option to uh, have a power play or a penalty shot, or like what Mm. if someone takes a five-minute major, but you don't want it? Mm. I mean, you probably want it, but would that be two penalty shots? Like, I do think it's a neat idea to play with it. The problem is the NHL isn't the place to dick around with the rules. That's what the, like, junior and minor leagues are for. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them try something like that. And I think that's why they're reluctant to call the rule book because, you know, the, the question, how much of the game do you want to see on the power play? I mean, it's not totally illegitimate. Like that's Jeff Merrick's favorite thing is like, if you call everything, are we calling it hockey? Or are we calling it power play? And I hate it because I mean, call the damn rules, but then. You think about it, and it's like, all right, it's a sixty-minute game. Do you want forty of it to? But special people team? would yeah. adjust. It. I bang this drum very hard. The NHL adjusted the rules in 056. People complained, and they dialed it back. Mm-hmm. That is not what they should have done. This could have not been an issue. Leave it to the toughest hockey people to be the biggest pushovers, dude. Yep. Adjust to the rules. And I promise there will be fewer calls. Mm-hmm. They made it easier for them. They gave the players the easy way out. And as a result, the game is the exact same as it was 20 years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that they changed. The stuff in the hands. and But even that, they didn't call. I would- there, there were so many blatant examples of that in game four. They didn't call them. I think... I think- uh, to bring it back to his question, I would say that that is an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> it's like a really interesting idea. I don't know how that would work. 
but I definitely think it could work. And having, you know, as we've seen with um, uh, uh, other types of punishment, sometimes it's good to have like some gr some gray area, right? Like a little bit of a thing. So. Or like, do you start with possession? You know, sort of thing. I'd love mm. for the NHL to, or not that's, the NHL. I'd like love that. a rolling start. I'd love yeah. a, like where there's no face-off. Face-offs to me are the most fucking annoying thing in, in hockey because especially in the playoffs, the linesmen begin to believe that they are, that this crowd is there to see them. And and they're like, they're like, I'm gonna fly. And the guys are like reacting and then they get booted from the fucking circle because they thought you, the puck was gonna drop on the ground. You trick them and then you kick them out. They're like, oh, I tricked you hard to get the fuck out of here, loser. Put in that, oh, that guy hasn't taken a face off in 20 games, fucking get him in. I'm not changing the game. That's, you should be smarter. You should, you should not react. Like, what the fuck is that? Just drop the fucking puck, you loser. <laughs> I hate that shit, man. I fucking... It's one of the worst I, things I, in hockey. Honestly, it is one of the things I sit in my living room and I yell at the TV. Okay, so... I, I yell that at the TV. I don't pay enough attention to this, oh. but do the refs, when they're doing like a tip-off, do they go... <laughs> not at, no, not no, in they, they toss the ball up. <laughs> They don't. They don't try to fake out the players yeah. and kick and them out. And if the ball is slightly to the left or slightly to the right, boo hoo! Suck no, the sock. They go do, get do it. redos, but if like it's, if it's off. But there's right. no way a human being can throw a dead straight basketball up in the air. Sure. Like it's like we can't draw a straight line, a perfectly straight line. Impossible. You need a ruler. Or are you one of those guys who can do the circle where you yeah. go so, to the chalkboard and go? Hua. So the pursuit of perfection when it comes to dropping a rubber vulcanized disc on a piece of ice. Fuck off, guys. Drop the puck. I want to see hockey played, not ref's butt. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing a linesman's ass. Can we just, can we get going? So is that a bridge too far, I guess is my question. Like, I want the sport to improve and improve and improve, but there are some improvements where it's like, all right, you walked into this pizza shop. You want a pizza or not? There's other pizza places. You know what I mean? This is what the NHL serves. These yeah. playoffs, I feel like the penalties and the refereeing situation has been even more of a story i feel like it's been worse and it has come up a lot more we've seen more when we're talking about the game we didn't even talk about the fact that the referee stopped the game with about a minute to go for absolutely no reason no re fell into the net and then they're like okay whistle no but so even though he gets up Four seconds later, and the play continues, and the Panthers are charging in the in the zone. But it was Matthew Kachuk made contact with him. Yeah, which isn't a stoppage of play. But he was forced into Aiden Hill. So if the reason the play was dead was because Kachuk hit Hill or Kachuk was hit into Hill or he was hit into Hill and he fell into Hill on mm -hmm. purpose, which is what I think happened, they have things for those. It's called uh, penalties. Ah, GI. Holy interference. Cam Sharon had a great idea too because that puck over the glass penalty, which maybe shouldn't have been a puck over the glass penalty on account of Petro got slashed. Hmm. Um, but let's pretend it was just clean over the glass. Uh, that was with 17 seconds left or mm -hmm. 18 seconds left. And what Cam suggested was if you take a penalty with under two minutes to go, you should have to kill the whole thing. Is it like bowling where you get a strike on the last frame and it just keeps going? I don't know. Oh, so so what if you took a penalty in that penalty? Would you would you add on four minutes to the game? 
Like is is just it's never like, ending. It's not a game like a game of Uno when you can like tr- like pick up two cards. Uh, Someone puts like a four. No, pick up four. Ah, Uno. Did you like play Uno? an asshole? Uh. You hit him with four twos. <laughs> Did you see Uno try to walk that back? And they're like, no, you can't put four on four. Oh, no, they're fully. And kidding. then everyone was like, no, you don't know the rules to your game. They're wrong. That's not how they're you. are wrong. Play That's Uno. those are the rules. But you have no power. Back to what we were talking about. Um, refereeing. It feels like it's more of a story with these instances, like stopping the game with a minute left yep. in the Stanley Cup final in game four when a team has zone possession. And I don't know if, if next year's finally the tipping point or this offseason where we see the offici- the officials council, the, the secret Pope council of officials finally do something about how the game is called. And we go into next year with some some just change of, in mm-hmm. the game. But it needs to come soon. If the NHL announced that next season they'll be playing on concrete, the NHL officials would show up with skates. Mm. Dude, like they don't change for no one. They they don't. I shouldn't hold out hope. No. Why would you? <laughs> Why would you? Like, here's the thing. That is not how I think most people should live your life. But what evidence has NHL officiating ever given you that they will even produce an ounce of change we see real changes at the beginning of the season all the time and then they don't stick through november right so what's the fucking point of anything maybe next year's the year they stick through november maybe next year's the year the leafs win the cup too (laughs) don't be an asshole (laughs) neither of those things are happening I don't know I I know to see some change all right Jesse bless you let's wrap it up bless you and your optimism it's been so much fun it's been so much fun hanging out on the Riz Dangle podcast did enjoy that that feels almost like a different lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Considering what's happened since. This NHL official did a fist thing in front of the camera, and he was popular for about five seconds. Is he a Riz God? Click like. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Bye.